It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Now, y'all know where. Hold the hell on. Guess two, who are you? I guess you the feds. We're going to say guess two of the feds. I'm, I just posted this thing. You already online? <laughs> Come on, Really? Really, though. Oh, that's you, Shanita. I'm just talking bad about you. Oh, yeah, we're going to get started here in a minute. Gonna be a busy night. Subject is preparedness. And we're gonna wait till everybody get online here. For our regular Thursday night call. Blood, 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 blood. Let me see who we got online. I'm gonna be off the computer for a minute and be on the phone. Mm-hmm. We still online, so y'all don't get bored and hang up. If you're on a computer, I'm not gonna be able to hear you because uh, I'm about to step away from the computer. Got a couple of things to do. It's a busy night for me, but we still got to keep keep our uh, commitment to doing the talk every Thursday. So we're gonna be doing. It's three logged in. It's three logged out. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be moving about, so I can't see what's going on on the computer screen right now, but I am on the phone, and uh, I'll be talking to y'all from this medium until I get back upstairs. And when y'all come in, when people sign in on actually on the phone, y'all uh, make sure you let me know. Hey, we got our first. Hey, Shanita. Glad to have you. Thank you. Hold on a second. Sure. Yeah. How are you doing today, Lena? I'm fine. I'm over here with my brother, um, helping him with something. Anybody else on the call? Uh, I don't know. Not actually on the phone yet. I think Timmy was signing in. 
little while ago, but uh, I think we don't people actually own the phone. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Y'all I hear you had a busy day. The other day. Huh? Y'all working on the same thing you told me about the other day? Yeah, the costume. Okay. Yeah, it's coming together real good. Oh, all right. What are they doing? Um, we uh kind of sizing it out, making um uh making sure it fit well and making sure it's functional. And um, yeah, it's coming together pretty well. Okay. Say your mama was into that, right? She used to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yep, she would have been on it. On it, dog, go on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Trav, for you, um, for you, let me mark it. I know how, where to put it. I'm going to leave. <clears throat> yeah. Hey guys. Hey there. Hey. How's it going? It's going. It's going. <laughs> Glad to have you, T, as usual. Thank you, thank you. Glad to be here. I think everybody busy and everybody's still trying to make it happen. You know how it is. I'm moving around. I got a million things to do. Of course. Uh, you busy. You busy. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm over here talking about costumes. <laughs> I'm sitting here working on insurance. Flood. Fun, fun, fun. I saw Tracy tonight. I was able to get him his card. That was a positive. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm gonna send him and uh, I send him out to. Uh, I talked to the people with the uh, the um, the power thing. Oh my God. <clears throat> That's a long story. I ain't gonna talk about that on here. But tonight's subject, uh, we going camping next week, baby. But to uh, I'm gonna call, so be cool. Um. Subject tonight gonna to be a follow on from last week. We're gonna be talking about uh, preparedness. Cool. Yeah, here talking. Uh, so I got a lot of videos I need to do that I'm kind of inspired to do. I just ain't had the chance to really. Mm-hmm. And some of it's gonna be on stuff we did uh, doing this uh, last training event that'll be okay. uh, that can be beneficial. I had some tell you this is one of the best trainings. Uh, Training events that I've, I've, I've conducted. I don't know why the people were. The people made it real positive. You know what I mean? Not that everybody else weren't. Mm-hmm. Was, um, you know, they really wanted to know stuff. And I, it's, I always like people push to see people pushing their limits. You know what I mean? Even though it wasn't nothing major. But for them, you know, it might have been, you know, the night hikes and setting up tents and stuff in the dark. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was. Uh, I'm sure it was different for him. It was fun. It was a peaceful night, too, man. Just the, uh, actually looking forward to going. I thought I was going to be tired going camping back-to-back. 
one week, then pop. There's the water. Drink it. Um, but I'm actually looking forward to uh, getting back out next weekend. Mm-hmm. That's good. More Me relaxation too. So get your water that you asked for. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much um, pretty much how you feel. Good people, good time. Oh, baby, why would you put your fingers on the floor behind me? I'm going to roll over them. Uh Oh, yeah, I'll be back in a second. Oh. Hold on. All right. talk to people get online y'all y'all feel free anything y'all want to talk about uh in the subject you know tonight this subject gonna be survival once mm-hmm. again. uh gear in the whole nine so uh that's what we're gonna be talking about we're gonna be talking about y'all but we'll kind of give everybody a chance to get on before we get into uh you know into the subject matter itself 
uh, y'all, what's on y'all mind, fellas? What's, what's, what's been going on with you, Leon, since we last talked? I know that was just a few days ago. I've been uh, I've been looking at a uh, look at the Alice pack, but I I saw one that uh, found one. Mm-hmm. It's it's more expensive as the uh, Elber stock or something. Elber stock. Yeah, let me know before we actually carry those. So let me know before you order one if you see one you like. Oh. Oh, I, um, oh, they uh, they they military great. Now I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't telling everybody to get uh, Alice pack. They're kind of outdated, but like I what I was saying about them, uh, they actually work though. If your money real tight. And you want something that, you know, I mean, like even with, you know, just the pockets that they have on there, you can store a lot of stuff in those things. And um, I remember. I, have I like the, I like the metal frame. Um, yeah. It actually works better than a lot to me. I kind of, I got an internal frame pack. I got a Kelsey pack that I really like. But I think um, long term having that rigid frame could actually, uh, it could actually lend something towards survival too as far as, you know, just having a hard metal frame out there that you can use for, um you know, even if you, like I was saying, if you're going to make you something to try to go across the water or something like that, um, just having a rigid frame where you can pack stuff on it and it not, you yeah. know, it collapse. And, uh, it could actually, tell the truth, it could be used as a shield too. You know what I mean? You could improvise a shield off of it. I mean, worst came to worst, not that that's what you'd be doing naturally, but just having that lightweight metal frame, it really gives you something that people might not consider. Yeah, I liked them, but the only thing, the only problem was, like I put online, is that that uh, that shoulder strap. They have a new thing. They have the stuff out now where you can uh, change out the shoulder strap. My shoulder to this day, y'all, is messed up from the Alex uh, pack. Yep, and the nerve because the way the straps were, it's not that uh, I could carry the weight because we used to get ibuprofen like when we were at, we had a little. I mean, we only did like 15, 15, 20 mile humps back in the day. We didn't do like twenty five and thirty like the infantry, right? But I yeah. remember. Uh, I remember the pain of that my shoulder, and I would just go get some ibuprofen and chop it in half and take one at the beginning, one in the middle, and I was good uh, until the, until we had to go back. But um, there, I do like the Alice pack because of, well, I'm familiar with it. But it, I know this: when it gets wet, when it gets wet, um, it is it is a flotation device. Uh, the rack, even with the rack on there, and it uh, it just you can put everything in there. The only drawback is, uh, but really there is no drawback. You have to, okay, you can take what we used to call Willie Peter bag and stuff everything mm-hmm. in there, but I used to take Ziploc bags and put all my stuff, double Ziploc it. Yeah. And then if it was raining or something, like, and we were overnight, I would just use the, uh, take the Willie Peter bag out and cover the whole thing up until the morning when it started raining and everything. But this Elber stock, so you carry those in stock, so you physically have those? I have a question about one of them. When I was looking, no, at, I, don't actually, I don't, I don't, I don't normally stock them because they're so expensive and most people don't buy them. But yeah. um, they one of the things we have access to. What what question did you have about them? Let's see if I can yeah, answer. The only thing I, is, I, I saw nothing fancy had done a thing on them because he uses them, and I saw him mm-hmm. with the shot. So I like the guy, the guy that designed them. I like what he had to say about them because they do have zippers, but these zippers are kind of different. He says that these zippers are. Uh, Actually, last longer. He's talking about YKK zippers. Um, yeah. They all they all say that I don't know. I mean, they definitely better than your standard zippers. Um, but still, zippers are zippers. I think yeah. they are. You know, they, they're bigger. 
And, uh, you know, the herbal stock, they make good stuff. The thing about it, here's the thing. If you go with zippers, you're going to have to really pay attention to what you're doing. And you're going to have to keep you like a toothbrush or wire, you know, something to keep. You got to, you know, you're going to take time uh, and make sure you keep proper maintenance of, of, of your pack. Uh, I mean, really, you know, and even it might sound crazy, keep a little, you know, put like a some type of cloth on the inside of it or something. And then keep some silicone spray on there or something mm. just to kind of keep it. You know what I mean? You yeah, got to do maintenance. Yeah. Um, the stuff that people normally don't think about doing um, when they have a pack, and a lot of a lot of people, most a lot of tactical packs that you know people in the U.S. use are zippered um, packs. But if you notice, if you look at how the SAS and people like that operate, they don't. You know what I mean? Right. You look right. A lot of their packs, they have they have the uh, they have the you know like the uh, stuff sacks, and uh, it's funny because a lot of people model. You know, like the U.S. the OSS model themselves, well, you know, off the off the um, SAS, yeah. and uh, not to say they know everything because they were the first, but I mean, it is it was what it was, it is what it is, yeah. and um, there's been change. You know, people people put different levels of um, of interest into um, into uh, their their training programs, but the U.S. of course put a lot of money and time into theirs, but still, people still kind of following these same. Um, these that those same old mantras that um that somebody you know like everybody from Jeff Cooper and whoever ever uh, all these stuff these people came up with they still rolling behind that same stuff. <clears throat> but I, I didn't look at them. I need to check those out because the one I, the other one I was showing y'all was that uh, Russia one, but it's coming from Russia. I don't want to be doing. Yeah, that. I wanted to see that link. I looked at it and I actually wanted to check it out. I wasn't saying anything was wrong with it. I just wanted to um when you told me it was six hundred D, that's good. Um, I was just wanted to see. I wanted to see, and that's the thing that's important. Like you said, um, the uh, the padding, you know, how com- comfortable it is to wear. Because if it's uncomfortable, uh, I think a lot of time with the military too. The problem with the military is that they they make y'all. I mean, they 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 got into this fat thing where everybody got to pump all this damn weight. You know what I mean? And it's uh, yeah. it's really not smart to tell you the truth. It's it's abusive to the soldiers. And they don't speak to uh, it, it, it. A lot of stuff become more, um, like I said be- before, become become more hazing type stuff than actual real world application. Uh, we we doing this based off some type of, um, you know, real um, like you know somebody some soldiers had a problem before and they they went through this and now we created a drill to kind of uh, prepare people for that you know a similar type of experience. Mm. They, uh, I have a problem. Go ahead. Uh, my bad. Go ahead. No, I w- go ahead, man. Yeah, I was just uh that 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 one's out of reach. It's like the Alice pack, but the only thing I worry about the Alice pack is the uh, water. Uh, where are you going to keep your water pack along with that? Yeah. Um, you know, back in back when they had the Alice pack, they were carrying those little um, plastic canteens and or canteens um, separately. Yeah, you know, was uh, that was uh, we carried deuce gear, the deuce gear, and then that was your water. <laughs> you had canteens and six, twelve mags, twelve magazines, two pouches on each side, and then you had a butt yeah. pack with all your medical stuff, and it was on deuce gear, and then you had the Alice pack and a flak jacket. Lord have mercy, so all that, all that. That's a lot of weight. That's a lot of heat. 
It, it is because even because you only put like let's say uh, about forty or fifty pounds in your Alice pack. Oh, and then you had yeah, forty fifty pounds of Alice pack, and then you had all the load bearing stuff, which, which adds more weight. You know, after the flak jack and everything else, and then you had to uh, sight your weapon with all that stuff on it. You had to sight with all your do gear and your uh, flak jacket. You know, them joints were thick. You know, they were big. Guys from my age remember them flak jackets. And I got one in my closet. Speak of the devil. Yeah, those jokers right there, man. So now that everything's changed, you know, like I said, I have to, like, re-look at stuff. But uh, the Elber stock, it, it is expensive, man. There's nothing really in between that. If you look at, like, 511, they have the uh, they have zippers too. I'm trying to get away from the zippers, but it's really everything has zippers, which is yep. interesting. It's very well. Interesting. It's because it's, it's because of the, the the mindsets that a, that a lot of them have about uh, conflict. Now, conflict is to be short. It's you you know the soldiers uh, what the, what the United States is moving to, and a lot of the United States is moving toward a heavy reliance on spec warfare. You know what I mean? Sneak in, hit them, dip out. Um, no prolonged, you know, stays and engagements in, in you know, in, in those environments. And um, it's not, you don't really need a home. When you got like a, those uh, bags, like what we're talking about, that's kind of like a home where, you know, you might actually have to be living out of it. You may be, you know, in terrain for an extended period of time. And uh, then you'll start seeing the failings of those, you know, of those uh, zipper bags, I think. You know, I could be wrong, but I think you'll start seeing, you know, uh, because what happens, people as people start to stay under stressful stressful situations, their mentality starts to degrade, and then your concern and care for your equipment starts to degrade along with that. You know what I mean? People start dropping stuff, slamming stuff down harder, um, all that kind of stuff, and uh, people start being more abusive uh, with their equipment. So all that comes into play. And then you'll start seeing, like, things that are zipper. Somebody slammed it down. Somebody didn't uh, really put a lot of time and attention, attention into how they was going to, uh, you know, seal it up or whatever, whatever. And now, you know what I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's tearing. You know what I mean? It's starting to show tears and, and um, problems along those lines. So that's something, um, that's something people just have to, you know, you have to consider. When you, uh, That's the problem. The Alice Pack does not have the hydration. Yeah, the hydration uh, section there. That's the only thing. So it's like you almost have to go uh, either get the old Deuce gear to go with it or, or you yeah, have to go why in I another really, direction. I wasn't really recommending it, you know, but like I said, it was a thing where if your money messed up and you got to have something and you, I mean, what, an Alice Pack, you know, you probably can get them $30, 40 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, even if you got kids or something like that, you can give them some. Just kind of, it's more of a load hauling thing. If you got somebody like, and they helping you, you know, haul this load or whatever. Um, yeah. in those cases, um, it gives you something. I'm sure there's something on here that they have that you can do to overcome that. I'm gonna look into it still because, like I said, as far as the money. What you're getting is you are getting something that's superior. It's just that's the one thing. That's the one thing. There's got to be a way. I'm going to look into it. Yeah. It has its definite advantages. Um, Shanita, T, any one of y'all online? Uh, 
Can y'all see who all? How many people we got online, y'all? I'm, I'm away from the computer. Just trying to see if we got any, anybody else signed in. Anybody else online? This Shanita, I'm, I'm not on. online. Okay. You know what? I'm I'm down here. Uh, I'm in the basement, y'all, and I'm uh, organizing some of my stuff. I got so much crap. I need. To, I'm gonna have a. Uh, <laughs> I got a lot of stuff left over from the uh, old shop that we had. I need to get rid of just odd stuff. I'm gonna probably put it up online so people can see it. But I'm going through. I had a, a a couple of crates down here, and I had one crate with all my books and stuff in it. Just old books I had collected and read in the past. I even got some of the stuff from Egypt in here, and I see that somehow I guess over here on the left edge. It was a little bit of opening in the crate and mold, um, you know, like that white mold. I got, I got on my little pictures from Egypt, my papyrus mm-hmm. that I had. That's pissed me off because I got to figure out how to get that off of there. I'm tr- probably going to try to vapor clean it. Um, I'm going to probably have to vapor clean this whole thing. But it's just funny, like, if you don't, um, you know, how it's funny how, you know, just storing things and, and, and you know, that, that can lead us into our conversation. When you talk about your food store and everything like that, you really got to constantly be checking stuff, and you really got to make sure things that you really care about are kept in conditions where they protect you from things like this, like moisture. I see little baby spiders done got in here some kind of way. Um, they don't put little webs up and everything. Um, you just have to protect your, your gear and equipment, especially if you're going to be storing stuff long-term. You got food. I know, like, Fred and them sometimes, they take seeds and um, they take flour and sugar and all that kind of stuff, and they put them in, um, they put them in old uh, old uh, water jugs. Or not, I think soda bottles or water jugs, something like that they use. And I think that's a good idea because um, <clears throat> it, you, you can always, like, if you got flour or rice or something like that, you can always pour it out, out of the thing just like you pour fluid. Mm-hmm. Um the heavier duty, the heavier duty, the uh, water bottle, something with a you know with a screw on top, nothing with a pop top. But uh, I think that's a good idea. I don't know if y'all are interested in that. Might be something to consider. But uh, you do want to have your food. And they, one thing I like about it when they if they take their, if you take the, um, I haven't did it, but I'm looking at transitioning my stuff over because if we leave food and stuff like that in places long time term, you uh, you know unless you put it in a cabinet. Like I got a cabinet system down here, but uh, unless it's in something metal, heavy duty, you know, not that most people have rodent problems in their house, but if it's funny because I think if shit hit the fan and things, food get real tight and things get real scarce, animals will start responding to it also. So where you might didn't have a rodent problem in the past, now that people are out, I think like nature can tell. Uh, people, if they out hunting deers and uh, people more in the field and stuff, or people trying to store food or places that, like, let's say most of your rats and rodents and stuff, they're normally at your fast food places, right? All your grocery stores and waiting on them to, um, th- th- to uh, throw out trash. So that's probably their main eating source, you know, the uh, commercial, commercial trash cans. But if those places go out of business or stop operating, then guess what, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be going toward more. You probably see a surge in in, 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 in insects trying to come into residential properties. Um, so if your food is not protected, now the thing about rodents, they can um, they can eat through a lot of material. 
So that's something you had to be considered, you know, considering, um, considered of is uh, making sure that, you know, rodents and insects and stuff and uh, even mold and, you know, things like that can't get to your, uh, you know, can't get access to things that you're trying to hold on to, your valuables, you know, food, stuff like that. And another thing, I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but uh, a couple things, you know, like even from this weekend that uh, I was thinking about, people... Yeah, I, I found it cool that uh, a lot of people who camped with us, um, people from Kansas City, they already had playing cards and stuff like that to keep themselves entertained, which they didn't get a chance to use. But, you know, it's good that they understood that and had that in their car, I mean, in their kit. Um, let me see. There's something I was about to mention. Um, what was it? Let my mind it had to come back to me, but um, we just gotta we gotta make sure that the things we have are, are not subject to uh, um, the animals and insects. Oh, I know what it was. I was thinking about. I was thinking about. Uh, we talked about it before on the RE page, but we didn't put too much into it. It was kind of like a joke thing, but it's still a little bit of seriousness to it when it comes to like you know what's your shit hit the fan music like on uh, uh if you got any kind of. You're going to have to, you know, I think Tracy mentioned it last time. He was talking about morale, and uh, morale will be very important. You know, people got to be able to, um, you know, keep their morale up. And if you can be in a disaster situation and hear some music that you like, all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, plays positively in um, people's psyche, you know what I mean, just to keep it going. Mm -hmm. uh, we got to make sure, too, that... Um, um, beside the music, we got to make sure what means do you have to uh, keep important papers um, documented. You know what I mean? I mean, documents and stuff like that. You got to keep images of that stuff if you already don't have it. Um, like right now, I'm, I'm creating the, um, like on my on thumb drives and stuff like that. You know, it, it, if something happens, I think we may have mentioned that before, but if something happens, please have a copy of like your driver license, your passport, and all that kind of stuff somewhere. Uh, with you so that, you know, if there is some order reestablished um, and you need to reestablish your identity, that you'll have something to back you up. You know what I mean? And then you, even with your wallet and stuff like that, a lot of people just know them keep their wallets and, you know, women keep stuff in their purses, but they don't have like um, uh, waterproof bags or anything like that to, uh, to uh, you know, to protect the stuff. And anything that you can store in there protecting plastic, you should do it. In my opinion, just like I'm learning, um, sitting here looking at all this stuff in here in, in these books, I'm just looking at how um, this mold just crept in, found a little way to get in, and uh, it's saturating my books, saturating, you know, like, you know, it's it's negative. So we have to, you know, we have to be aware of that. We have to be thinking about how we're going to protect the things that we store, especially food. And I may be, I may be wrong. I don't know who who online is more into gardening and. and know a lot about, um, I think Sule might, but I think even like with certain foods that you, there's a high probability that certain foods we store might have um, small living living uh, organisms in them that if you know you store them long term, that things that we might could consume and cooking and stuff like that, but if, you know, like rice might have like, I don't know, some kind of little um, um, rice bugs or something in there if you store them, then they might, you know, somehow it might create an incubator. 
uh, um, things to uh, live off of that normally would have, you know, died in the process of, you know, thinking and preparation. So those are things we have to be, you know, have to uh, consider too. Uh, just my thoughts. Anybody want to add anything to that? Nah, I mean that seems like a. Uh, Sorry about that. Yeah, my phone, my phone clicked over for some reason. I I don't know if y'all heard it. Did, like, did you, everybody hear? Did everybody hear what I said? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, uh, Lee. Uh, Lee um. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry, Leon. Go ahead. Yeah, no, nah, I was thinking of uh, it would have to be, like you said, plastic containers, but uh, I would have no idea how to store long-term food other than using a container. Who can I ask? I got to – hold on. I have to think about this one. There's a girl – there's some – I know a friend of mine, Kim, I think she's she's into that. If you can't, it's quiet. I have to ask her how to uh, – I wouldn't know what they do. I think she does most of like canning though. So it's not something you're talking about when you're in a you're in a spot. You're not mobile. You're just talking about storing food, right? Yeah, I'm just talking about storing yeah. period. You got like a you know, at your house or, you know, your off relocation, wherever. Just you know, just storing food, period. Um from, from what I understand, Shanita, um, with things like um seeds and um, uh, things that you kind of, you know, that would normally last long term, it's better to keep them sealed up in some type of jar, glass, um, that tends to make the shelf life longer than plastic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that might, that might uh-huh. make glass, glass, I mean, I guess that will, it would be cleaner too, right, if you use glass? Um, I guess it used to clean it. I mean, it wouldn't, leach, it wouldn't leach plastic so much. It's, yeah, that's that's glass is good. Um, quick, uh, the diamaceous earth. Uh huh. You put that in dry goods. You can consume it, and it kills like uh, like all the little weevils and all the eggs that might be in the dry goods. Cool. Thank you, Randy. That's right, what I was I'm talking about, the little weevils and stuff. They'll, they they will. Sometimes, won't they be in rice and stuff like that? Yeah, they, um, know, they, they suggest that you put it in the freezer when you first get it. If you plan on storing it for a amount of time, put it in the freezer for, uh, I think, 24 hours, 48 hours, something like that. And okay. then put it in your plastic container or your glass container, whatever, and store it like that. Okay. But you can also add that, uh, that DE. You can get the full grade. If the shit hit the fan, you might want to use other grades, but um, that's what that's for. What did you they call already it? put it? Diatomaceous earth. I may be pronouncing it wrong. It's D I A. Nah, you pronouncing it right. That's I. That's right. D I A T O M A C E O U S earth. Right. Explain, to, explain to them the difference of it, Randy, like uh, the one for insects and one for, you know, food. Well, they have different grades. Um, they use it for a variety of uh, applications. I think they use it for pool uh, pool cleaning or pool something. So you can find it in the, in the pool area. You can find it in the uh, gardening section of a lot of your gardening stores for outdoor uh, pest protect, uh, pest management. And you can also find it online. They suggest you, if you have pets, 
you can give it to your pets for worming and things of that nature. And they have a food-grade version that um, some people ingest um, periodically for their worming or any kind of um, uh, uh, um, insects they may have in their body, parasites they may have in their body. Spell that again. Oh, when you're when you're done, my bad. When you're done. Okay, it, it's spelled D I A T O M A C E O U S. Okay. And Earth like the planet. All right, my bad. I had to get that pen right on the ink. All right, and um, purportedly, when the in- insects ingest it. Well, I'm sorry, uh, when it gets on the outside of their skin, it makes the outside of their skin porous, the exoskeleton, and they dry out and die. Mm. You know, uh, um, having access to to this conversation, um, to all the talk shows, what I've been thinking about lately is... um, like, like, I know that you guys have a uh, a camp out coming up soon, and and so one of the things I was thinking about was, uh, you know, I've never been camping, you know, uh, I mean, technically I've never been camping, so I wouldn't even know uh, where to begin in terms of equipment and gear. That's one thing that uh that was on my mind, and the other thing that's on my mind is whenever I think about survival now because that's what you guys have brought to my attention because um, I didn't really realize that this was going to be so survival orientated but I'm glad that it is I just didn't know what it was going to be um, and it makes sense that uh, that we uh, that we focus on survival before we focus on other other issues um, so when I'm down here in New Orleans you know I started it, I start thinking about different scenarios and what, what things do I need, you know. Um, you know, for example, I may need a, a small boat in the event of another hurricane. Um, generally speaking, being from New Orleans, a uh, hurricane is the threat, just like out in California, an earthquake an earthquake is a threat. So with, with a hurricane being a threat, we do one of two things. We either evacuate because you have time. You have time to evacuate because you see the hurricane coming, or you can just ride it out. And uh, if I ever decide to ride out a hurricane, and uh, and then the city is the flood, uh, a boat would definitely come in handy. Um, but then I also started thinking about well, maybe I need to invest in some land uh, north of Lake Pontchartrain. Uh, generally speaking, people people will either people will either go north when a hurricane comes. Uh, it's high it's higher ground north of the lake. Sometimes they'll go west to Houston. They'll go west to wherever they have family or wherever they have access. But anyway, I was just thinking maybe I should invest in some uh, some some rural land, buy a couple of acres, and uh, and have a place to uh, to duck off. In the event of a catastrophe, you know, and and and, and those are the two thoughts that you know, on my mind. All 
uh, you you will be it will behoove you to do that if you could. I mean, if you got land outside of uh, you know, Florida, we kind of course you know, y'all being in the um, below sea level in certain parts, um, it would definitely be a good idea. Um, that's something we've been looking at and working on, and we kind of in a good position to do uh, sometime in the near future here. But um, you can't go wrong with that. You can't go wrong with having you a little rural area because uh, me, Randy, and a lot of us talk about that all the time. I mean, if things get bad, like right here in Atlanta, uh, the position would be to uh, uh, highly untenable, you know, with the number of people that we have in the city. And, um, you know, it's just, just the resources. People, no one would be able to – hold on one second. And this is Debo. Who was that that was just speaking about New Orleans? Oh, uh, this is Ross Doss, man. I'm from New Orleans. I live in New Orleans. Okay. Um, I might be out there next week, so uh, if you can send me your info, man, uh, I can try to tell you this with you when I come out there. Debo, um, um, you can send me a friend request, man, and uh, and I'll, I'll accept that request. And uh, we can just, you know, message each other back and forth. Okay. What, and, uh, how, how do you spell your first name? Okay. Uh, R-E-S space D-A-S. Okay. And I'm, I'm about to look for you right now, bro. I got my phone in my hand. All right. Uh, give, me, give me a second. Hey, how you spell yours, man? That's what we like. That's what we like to see. Debo. It's, a, it's the one Debo Love. So DJ UAN, last name Love, L O V E, and Debo D E B O. See if I can find you. I'm about to see that request right now, bro. All right. I got you. Yeah, I'll be out there. I'll be out there Monday. Um, I just, I just did some survival training with Safo last weekend, so I'll kind of shoot you some tips on what I think of. Uh, we can kind of go from there. Uh, right on, right on. All right. What's bringing? What's bringing you? What's bringing you this way? I'm actually going to Mobile, but I'm flying in New Orleans. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Debo, what do you think about um, – what did your people say about last weekend? Not to get off subject, but uh, what did they think about it? And to be honest with you, man, the, the first day, they said uh, in the first, first hour or two that the whole trip was worth it. So they could have got the first two hours of information and came back home and would have been satisfied. <laughs> That's good, but, uh, man. They, they really enjoyed it. Uh, they had a good time. They learned a lot. Uh, one thing that uh, nobody really talked about during the whole weekend, but once we kind of finished up, they uh, they they brought up the uh, the comment that you made about saving that last bullet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they uh. <laughs> everybody had a good time, and, and actually tomorrow we uh we meet up tomorrow, man, to kind of thing uh, and have a recap of the weekend. 
and uh, try to see how we want to present it to everybody else. But uh, everybody had a good time, man, and everybody was was very pleased, man. So it was a, it was a good weekend. Cool. I don't cool. know what they said about that about that statement. <laughs> yeah. so that was like after camping out. Like, after camping out, you appreciate that statement because you see. Yeah. <laughs> When you ain't got no more to give, you ain't got no more to give. What they said was it was like uh it was like was I was I the only person that heard that? <laughs> it was like, no, I heard but I didn't want to say nothing. It was like, bro, what would love? It was like I don't know. But uh I kinda of yeah. make a joke about it, but then I kinda of back to reality. Do you want to give in and, and, and be a cool kid, or do you want to go ahead and end it? And everybody kind of noticed the seriousness, the seriousness of the comment. So it, it was all good, though, man. Man, anybody saw that? Uh, the, I didn't watch. I don't watch. Uh, what is it? Uh, Talking Dead or Walking Dead, whatever that shit is. But the first couple minutes of the last one. That tell you why you want to keep that bullet. I don't want nobody to beat me to death with no damn act. I mean, with no baseball. Yeah, that shit was whack, man. That shit was crazy, man. That yeah. was fucking crazy. That but that's kind of, those are the kind of decision, decision people get to make on you. And so everybody kind of, everybody kind of, nobody want to kill, nobody in their right mind going to kill themselves. And I wouldn't yeah. advise nobody to do it under norm situation. But the thing about it, just like in that situation with Randy talking about, you let people get a hold of you and start deciding on how they want to hurt you. I mean, it don't. You wish you had killed yourself. You know what I mean? Um, like I told y'all before, um, if you look at, I mean, a lot of people need to really. A lot of people live in a bubble as the kind of world they're in. They don't realize this is the animal kingdom because you live in a society that, on the on the surface, pretends that everything is um, uh, that there's an order to things, and it's an order. There's order just enough to ensure power, that those in power stay in power. But beneath that, it's all chaos, you know what I mean? And you see it every day. You see it with the homeless people. You see it with just like when, you know, the truest thing they ever taught you in, in, in school, in my opinion, was uh, the game. And we could have learned everything we needed to know about life uh, in kindergarten when they taught us about uh, what's the game where they musical chairs. But that's how life is. You know what I mean? You ain't going to always have And if you don't pay attention, the game is designed to weed everybody out but one, you know, leave one person at the top and everybody else without a seat standing there watching. And um, that's the truth uh, of the system we live in. It ain't about everybody being able to sit. Common sense will say we should all be able to sit down at the table and eat together. But um, that ain't the type of world we live in. It's really not. So, um you know, when, when you get in you when you get in a situation just like what happened to my friend recently, there's some people out there that are operating on a total different uh, wavelength than 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 we operate on. And if you look at it, it ain't just individuals; it's nations, it's governments. Uh, if you look at one of some of y'all ought to look up the Phoenix program uh, or watch that um, documentary. Um, they got a good documentary; it's on YouTube. Uh, uh, hearts and minds, talking about, you know, some of the stuff the United States did in Vietnam, uh, the CIA did. They used to put, um, um, they used to put um, uh, road flares in women's vaginas, uh, take people up in the helicopter, and uh, they'll take two or three people. They catch some people in the area. They know most of the people don't know nothing. You know what I mean? And they'll th- they're going to throw two of them. They're going to hog tie t- all three of them, throw two of them out the plane just to get one of them to talk. 
You know what I mean? They did all mm-hmm. kind of savage stuff to people. Now, what they, to, now, what they did to Gaddafi recently. Um, exactly. Like I said, that, that one bullet thing, it, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. If, I think that Jesus' blood keeps some people um, like a deer in the headlights sometimes. They don't know what really to do because the instincts tell them one thing, but then that Jesus' blood tells them, I got hope. And Jesus, you know, a supernatural, I might have a supernatural fix. And some things are just what they are. <laughs> and and I just, think also the conversation, the conversation that we're having right now is never really had. Uh, you know, like. Well, I, it's I, hard to have I, with people because they say you're idealistic and you, you're thinking negative. And it's not, it's a contingency. It's not that where I want to be, it's that where I may find myself. And so, because, I mean, because, cut you off. because they never have this conversation, they reinforce their own bullshit. I mean, because I know I, yeah. spent, I spent the majority of my life believing, and no one told me this, man. This is something I just kind of, I guess, put together myself. I kind of believed that the purpose of government was to help people and to make people's lives better. And, and I read a book, and the book said the purpose of modern-day government is to protect property and wealth from people who don't have property and wealth. And, you know, you know what I'm saying? Though, and, 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 and until I read that, I kid you not, man, I was like, but once I read it, you know, I didn't believe it on face value. I thought about it because it made sense. I said, let me think about this. I thought about it. I thought about it. I said, and every time I, I tried to find fault with that statement, I couldn't. I said, man, you know what? This shit makes sense. And so... So it kind of, what I'm saying is, most people don't talk about that. You understand what I'm saying? They just, I don't know, they're just not having a conversation. It's like it's like they're talking about, they talking about the wrong thing. Like I posted something on Facebook because it was really pissing me off. And, you know, I don't, I don't it, it was, everybody was talking about this movie, Birth of a Nation, and how nobody's going to see it, you know? And I'm like, yeah. it don't matter. It doesn't matter if people go see it or not because that's not, that's not going to save anybody, man. That's. You, you know, um, my, if you didn't know about uh, the story of Nat Turner prior to a movie coming out, you know, right, I fool you on right. your parents or fool you on your society that you live in. And you know, my, my thing, and my thing, like a lot, I mean, cut you off again, but no, <laughs> but, but, but leading, leading to what you were saying, I think, is that in, in my attraction to Asafo originally was that that of like minds, because as you say, as you stated. When you try to have these conversations in a, in a general populace, people look at you cockeyed. And then when yes, you find do. a group, you find a group that you know they again they laugh and joke, but then they can have a discussion about this and then and then go back to laughing and joking about things. That's hard to find. Because then you get another group of people and they go you know they go left with it. They can't. They think everything is a conspiracy. They don't even use toilet paper no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a yeah. white man toilet paper. Yeah, man, it got chemicals in it that's going to leach through your body. And I'm like, what? I use corn yeah. cars, my nigga. I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, that's 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 the reason. Here's the thing. People going I think we mentioned that last time. I was, uh, you know, bouncing back from that. We talked about Gaddafi. That y'all bring Gaddafi up. Yeah, you know, if we really look, people, man, are just people are just sheeple, and they gonna follow. It, they are never people will never. The thing of trying to wake people up is 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 really kind of um, 
Uh, I don't even word it. It is futile because people don't want to be woke up. They just want to follow a structure. And whoever got power, whoever has power, that's who people are going to follow. Bottom line, yep. whoever got the power, whoever say what's what, and whoever got men to back their position, that's who people are going to follow. It's just that simple. If you got men to back your position, then you can have that position. And people, people adjust to it. People will adjust to any any condition, man, the, the average person. People like us, whatever life we was in before this one, we were the same type of people. You know what I mean? We either, we might even had power and lost it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's um it's just the reality of how things are, man. People gonna just people just want to know where they fit in. That's all they want to know. And 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 what you were saying, to be honest, the Europeans and not and not talking about anybody in particular. They don't. Nobody knows what they're doing. And European don't doesn't know what he's doing. But I think um. Is, there were some positives to to kind of what he created. There are, even though we might not want to agree. And there's a whole bunch of negatives. And the negatives is that um, really um, this whole concept of, of, of capitalism and this whole concept of having societies that are not tribally based, where if, in, in a tribal mindset, you have a chief. And that chief has to, he became chief because he had him and his people, his council, his family, are known for having good ideas. They made sure everybody ate. They made sure they could come up with plans for people to, you know, to try to defend themselves against other tribes. They had some ideals, and ideals brought about the general prosperity of all the people in the tribe, not just select groups, but all the people. Everybody could eat. And if you want people to serve you, be fix some food. If you can ensure that basic need for human beings to eat and to have peace and quiet at night to be able to eat and sleep in relative peace, that will make people serve. Uh, um, people will serve those systems. They're not going to try to buck against them. They might talk about them. They might, you know, uh, bitch about them a little bit. But at the end of the day, they're going to continue in them systems because those systems are the systems by which they find food. And it's just that simple. Man, ain't no more complicated than that. That's why a lot of time when black power and black uh, this revolutionary talks start coming about, it never goes anywhere because nobody really has a plan for people to eat. And when the Black Panthers originally, I don't know if it was a part of, it, you know, if it was just high sight on their part, but they understood that. And they, and it's when they really got into a position of feeding the people. I'm not sure the time frame or how it happened, but if they could provide food for the people, that's a real fucking problem. You want to bring the government down on you right now, start providing real food for the people, people who can't eat because they know the government understands that that's a powerful, that's a powerful political tool. If you start feeding the people, they'll start following you. These revolutionary organizations want to do everything but ensure that people can eat, and therefore they don't have any power at the end of the day because everybody's going to base, well, if I follow this motherfucker, what I have, even the U.S. Army, if they couldn't feed the soldiers, they couldn't fight, man. They wouldn't fight. You want to see soldiers start protesting, they, soldiers can be out in the rain, the cold, heat. They can get, see all their buddies get killed left and right. But if you bring them some beer and a hot dog and a hamburger at the end of the battle, when you bring them back in or some ice cream, they'll go right back out. That's where a lot of black men service back in the um, the so-called racist days. It wasn't so much because they loved the country or they were stupid. They wanted to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I you know, the thing about it, That was the thing about the military. They told you they, they give you as much as you want to eat. I thought and that I shit when I went in there, from, and they told me I they served, wouldn't. I can only have so much to eat, and I was like, "Nah, this is in the black neighborhood." They tell you when you go in the service, they give you all you want to eat. Yeah. 
Yeah. I served yeah. from 99 to 2009, and I swear to God I had that attitude, that same attitude, man. I was like, look, you're not about to deny me no food, man. But, uh, you know, I served, and, and, and I tell people, man, look, they was paying me, man. You know that was a that was a damn good that was a damn good thing. Black people they are mercenaries. They not there because they got usual whatever. It's like man, it's a pretty good check, and they feed man pretty good food. Food ain't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> if I run out of money, right. I still eat. And and the other drawback to that was a lot of cats. If you came from a big city that had a lot of guns, you know a lot of problems, right? You were safer in our army than you were back home. Yeah, at home. All right, that's no joke. Man. I would tell people that. They're like, nah, you guys, nah man, I, I mean, not that I came from a big city, but when I went down, when I got to Baltimore in 1986, that shit was a fucking DMZ, man. I'm telling you, right, there was helicopters all over the place. The police were constant. People practicing uh, with automatic weapons in the alleys. It was, it was off the chain, Jack. Guns at school, basketball games, he was pulling guns out. The police were scared. The yeah. police were scared, y'all. Don't let that shit in Baltimore now fool you. Them police knew who they could fuck with and who they should and who would shoot them. They, they definitely well, they they, they they that's, that's everywhere. Every yeah. place I've been uh, up in yeah. the East Coast, there have been communities where the yeah. understanding that was set, you know, years ago, where the police yeah. have a certain respect for certain neighborhoods for whatever yeah. reason. They and better. it usually comes is brought about by violence, and that's the thing about. All the naysayers or whatever. Um, if you just look at the way the world is, is, is much to what Derek was saying earlier, you try to get away from the base nature of what is. Mm-hmm. And the bottom line is that if I can provide for you and you're a little bit afraid of me, I'm going to be your leader. Exactly. So if we, if we understand that principle, then we that's really the basis of power. If, if a group is going to start operating around that, you need to start operating around how the fuck we going to feed these people. Even if shit hit the fan, you need to keep that in your. That's a shit hit the fan uh, note because you need to keep it in your mind. If I, if I, people always talk about, well, all these people gonna be out trying to do this and that. Well, okay, that's probably true. But how about you think outside the box right now and start figuring out how in the hell, what programs, how can I manage these people? How can I bring? Here's an opportunity in disorder to bring people into servitude. Not that you want people to serve you, but to establish an order. Like if you know, if you got a community of people like Randy saying. Here's the thing about the United States, in my opinion, that a lot of black people don't get, and, and it's bouncing out what we're talking about already, is that uh, the whole political, the playing the game according to the rules is, 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 is powerless. That's not how it works. It, like what y'all are saying, same thing, you're talking about games and know where people shoot you. If you go into like Brighton Beach where the Russians are, you go into um, – um, uh, places where you got the Jewish mafia, the Italian mafia, you got mafias everywhere, and mm. mafias are nothing but. And the, and the United States government actually tolerates mafias. It will work mm. with mafias because mafias help it keep order. It's just these are just uh, what they call it. It's micromanagement. You know what I mean? You keep but see in the African community or black community, whatever you want to call it, there is no mafia. You know what I mean? So it actually and it's good in a, in a certain way because everybody get to eat and feast off of it. But if they if 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 there are certain there are actually that we probably don't know about there are certain communities within African um, uh, African neighborhoods that people that everybody know what time it is the governor the chief people, chief of police it's somewhere somebody got stuff organized where they running things and it's but see if you run the mafia it can't be violence all over the street you can't right. have, and even when you look at them old movies like, you can't have bodies laying out here because that that affects public opinion 
You can't have people, you know, just being shot and killed and stuff because that's fuck up business. You can run prostitution. You can run alcohol. You can run all kind of black market stuff. And, yeah, we're going to chase y'all because y'all know this the game. Every now and then we got to make arrests. And we'll, we will even organize it to where we'll only arrest your competitors or people who, who violate the order of the thing if y'all play the game right. But, see, black people don't understand that because, like what you were talking about earlier, that's another concept. The morality and the religion have everybody believe in that because people wear suits and because all these things are said that people actually abide by the shit that's spoken. America doesn't abide by any law that is written. You know what I mean? Those are for people mm-hmm. who, those are just control mechanisms, but they don't abide by it. But when you, when you, when you start following I'm not knocking people who are religious, Muslim, Christian, none of that, but when you start, black people have a tendency to, anytime you give them something where they can serve it, where they can be in, 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 a, in a servile position, they will ingrain, they will be like, I think, I forgot which one of them, uh, one of the, y'all know the statement, one of the, um, uh, one of the black, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? One of uh, one of our scholars said before, like black people try to outpoke the pope. They try to, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, y'all know, y'all know the statement. That's, I'm, oh, that's, that's go ahead. Clark. I'm pretty sure that's uh, Gary Clark. We all do uh-huh. every. We we gonna be more dead. We go to a job. We gonna be more dedicated than the supervisor. Uh, I went somewhere today, and it's funny. Uh, I was at the store and I was I was short a nickel. And it was a black guy. It was a black guy, uh, and he's funny because I seen him uh, sometime when he's in there. I don't know if he's like a system manager or something. Uh, when he in there, if I'm short a nickel, I mean, I had I, a lot of time if I come in, if, a lot of time my brain change. Sometimes I get the brain some change. And I click, I sit down, and I go to the car or get it, you know, or you know, they be like, "Don't worry about it. It's like two or three cents." You know what I mean? Like if I ain't got three pennies on me. Uh, but I noticed he, you know, it's funny how when you watch us, we gonna count it out to the exact same, you know, we gonna follow, you know, white people being there, I oh, don't worry about it, you know what I mean? White people are always kind of casual, not all the time, but a lot of times they're actually more casual in the way they do business than we are. It's the same thing, and this is this is kind of stepping out, but it's the same point. When I was doing business in a predominantly white neighborhood, it flows smooth. I didn't have any problem. Uh, when I was in Shamley, uh, the, uh, every I mean, it was just like opening the business was just like uh, just a stop in and saying hello. You know, uh, everything was done in the office. It was it was done within an hour of me getting there, and that was it. You go to the Cal County, that's that's ninety nine point nine eight percent black, and you got to jump through hoops. They got a stupid ass. Uh, 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 they, they charge you six hundred dollars just to uh, uh, just to do the license. It's based off nothing. You know what I mean? They they make you do a building permit. You got to pay for a building permit even though you're not building anything. You know what I mean? It's just corruption after corruption. The whole department is crazy. You're going to sit there. You got to come back the next day. Nothing gets done in a single day. You know what I mean? And these are the kind of things, because even though it, it, it just, it's weird how we behave. And it, it's, this, it's this strict adherence to whatever he said, we're going to follow it to the nut of the law, even though they don't do it. And then it's it's you know it's 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 a mind thing, man. It's, it's really you know um, just trying to figure out how to interact with us every day is, is a major. That's a major survival challenge in itself. But we have to realize, we have to realize that at the end of the day, if you're gonna get anything done, you better focus on uh, you better figure out how to control the food, and you get and you better make sure you got something to eat your damn self. To be honest with you. Um, and I go no, back to like I'm gonna I'm harp again on the like-minded thing again because like I said that's my anthem. I don't believe yeah. in Pan Africanism. I've never seen it. Um, 
I've never seen it coming close to fruition. It's a beautiful dream. One day maybe we might be in that position. But for right now, I think we need to think more like Voltron. If I don't agree with you, whatever, you know, whatever our um, our, our, our uh, uh, social differences might be, if we need to come together to take out a common foe, cool. But then we go back to our lives, and then that way, whatever God you pray to, don't bother me. Whatever God I pray to, don't bother you. Yeah, that's trying I'm to convince at. people to switch God. That don't make sense. And that's what I see a lot of people wasting time trying to convince other people they shouldn't believe what they believe. Here you gonna I mean, that's just spinning wheels, man. Yeah. I I that's think that's a that's how that's how that's a good way of putting it because you can't it's it, it's like the things are so far gone right now, uh, that uh you, you do have to have a like mind uh, there has to be like mind thinking. And there's not many like we had talked about this before a couple months back on that uh there's not a lot of black folk that are even thinking like this all. There's not. They they on some other, some of these cats are on some other shit, man. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, you know. But um, it ain't it ain't gonna get nowhere. And about pan African, yeah, pan Africanism was gonna work back before they assassinated all them cats. You know, it was gonna work. But I think that right now the situation where even was, well you know, even but I mean, no, no offense no, no offense no offense but part of of a strategy in my opinion by watching. Our, our enemies, our foes, uh, on on Mondays in Macy's, they used to have this thing called the, um, uh, during the sales meeting, they'd have uh, 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 best practices. Mm-hmm. And no matter where the best practices were being practiced, no matter who competitor to whoever, whoever had the best practice, we were going to use it. And saying that to say, watch another group, you have contingency. So when they take out Lumumba, um, instead of uh, 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 Seku Seku coming in, somebody should have got his ass. Yeah. But they did. He was allowed to do whatever he did, and and it seems like we only uh, we only be one leader deep, and we in a movement you got to be deeper than one person because you take yeah. that person out and then that's it. And that's what yeah. I mean about pan. To me, pan African means you gotta you you only strong as your weakest link, and you come together like Voltron. I don't. Yeah. Africa has never operated that way ever. No. No, it hasn't. It's too much. I've had Africans tell me that it'll never happen. Well, they laugh at it. Yeah, that's an American yeah. dream. Yeah. You know, I I uh, I want to uh, let me that's let me add something. Let me let me add let me add two little things and um and and I don't know if we're gonna get back to camping or not, but uh, I learned this. Sorry to get off. Yeah, yeah that's but, my I, too. but this, but I like this conversation too now because I think this is part of the reason why we even in this club. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's just we like guns. I think that we understand that we need to build power. Uh, you know, we could be a club, we could be a club without the without the guns. We could be a club without the survival. But but that's not that's not. I don't know what that is. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's a, that's, a, that's a fraternity. So right. so. This is one of the things that I learned, right? I learned this, all right, that uh, that there's no, there's really no political power without economic power. And so a lot of times what happens is we'll get into political power, but we're not understanding where our power comes from. It comes from the economy, and we don't have it. We're not masters of it, okay? And so, you know, it's it's just a real, real, and it's a real fine line to walk, you know, because you, you'll be put in charge of something, so you think I can just do shit, 
you know, I'm the president or I'm the mayor of the city. But no, you, you're 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 held in check by economic forces. So, so you know that and that that just no matter where you are, you know, if you're in uh, Africa or America or Europe. But when I was in Africa, the dude told me he said, John, that's the difference. He said in America, money controls the politics. He said in Africa, politics controls the money. And you know, I, I you know, I I don't know how true it is, but I mean, the dude, you know. I think there's a lot of truth to what he was saying. You know, it's a different structure. But um, but getting back to what we are and what we can be, you know, um, you know, I, I look at I look at it like this. You know, you know, you know, a black man who owns a house, that's nice. A black man who owns five houses, that's nice, sir. You know what I'm saying? He 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 is a more powerful individual. You know what I'm saying? Uh, technically speaking, right? Um, you know, a black man owns a nine mil. He's he's a little bit more powerful than the man who doesn't own a nine mil. Black man owns a fifty cal. Well, I don't know what you call that. Um, so, I think I also think this that you know we need to acquire power in real small small steps because I do think that we kind of get frustrated with not seeing results and. You know, we, we want to see results, but I do think that we have to take small steps and have confidence in that small step and knowing that the small step is going to bear fruit for our, for our children. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, you got to have confidence, I guess. You got to have, you, you got to have a little faith in, 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 the, in the movement and in the progress um, that it's going to pay off down the, down the road. I well, I feel you on that, Ross. I feel you on that. Um, I think one of one of the, one of the points I, I want to make too, y'all. Y'all got some good conversation going. Uh, let's make sure too, y'all. We we uh, and I do it. Everybody do it. Let's make sure we kind of hear each other out and don't run each other over. Um, you know, hey, we, hey, we hey, all, I, all got tempted to do it, but um, I'm sorry. I just want to let you know that T says she can hear everything, but um, she can't type. So she's she's on, but um, she's just having some some problems with her keyboard. Okay, that's fine. Um, that being said, y'all, um, bouncing off the point that my man um, um, uh, Ross uh, reiterates, uh, Debo, you still online? Yep, you got Debo here. Uh, Ross asked uh, uh, asked a question about uh, camping gear. What would you, from your experience, what what did you learn about what you might have needed, or uh, if you if somebody asked you, like one of your people asked you, then attend. What what are some of the things that that you learned, or or what what advice? From a basic standpoint, I would say you you definitely need a tent, and you need a a tarp to go underneath your tent. Uh, You don't want your tent to get punctured by anything underneath. If the ground is wet, you want to protect your tent. Your tent is like your house, so you want to make sure your tent is cool. So uh, a tarp, uh, definitely, to put under your tent. Uh, you want to have a tent, a sleeping bag. Uh, some people think that, you know, you sleep in a tent and you're cool because you're away from the elements, but it get real cold out there sometimes, and uh, you want to make sure you have a sleeping bag or something that you can kind of kind of, <clears throat> kind of roll up in, a blanket, whatever the case may be. Um you also have to have a place 
you have, you have to have a way to make fire, a, a, a way to make heat. Um, fire is a good heat resource. It's a good cooking resource. It's a good water purifying resource. So from for the essentials, you need a tent, some way to protect your tent underneath, a way to start fire, um, and some type of uh, warmth mechanism where it be, whether it be a, a, a sleeping bag or a blanket. Uh, but those are the very, very minimal. Uh, when you get into making yourself comfortable, you'll add more stuff. But when it comes to bare minimum, I would say a tent, something to protect the tent, and something to kind of keep, keep yourself warm in uh, during the winter months. And even in the summertime, they got they got cool weather uh, sleeping bags too. So it's always good to be comfortable when you when you're trying to sleep. You need your rest, uh, so definitely do that. But those are the bare minimums. If you want to get into more of the type of things, what kind of knife? What kind of knife you have? Uh, I have, I got a, a Smith and Wesson pocket knife that I use, and I also have a. Uh, let me pull it out. <clears throat> I got a, uh, I got another knife too that's a little bit bigger. Did you get um, to use it? Did you get to use it on your trip? I didn't have to use it because Asafo provided one, but if they right. had not provided one, I definitely would need it to cut my wood. One thing about wood is you want to shave off the bark because you never know how toxic the bark can be. Um, you never know what's on the bark, so you definitely want to shave the bark off when, you, when it comes time to burn your wood. So having a knife to either cut the wood or to shave the bark off, you want to have that. Um, I would say a good, a good ten-inch knife would be a good knife to have. Um, let me see. Like I said, ways to make ways to make fire. So. Uh, Having a knife would definitely be something that you would want to have in that environment. Again, I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about bare minimum. So if you don't have a knife, you may be able to improvise and, and kind of tear off some small branches and uh, and use those as some leaves. Uh, we use a lot of pine needles to make our fire. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's really just having the knowledge of, of of knowing what to do with the resources that you have. To be honest you, with you, but again, did you notice? Did you notice how, um, and you probably can just um, testify, like I said, people don't realize, really realize how hard it is to keep a fire going. Um, you you got to really have, you know, one of the key things, one of the things about us getting out there that, that day, we actually had to wait on somebody who came in on a late flight. So we, had, if you look at the picture Debo posted, we actually ended up uh, pitching our tents in dark at, at, at nightfall, which we, then we ran until they had some kind of bad accident on the highway. So, uh, we were stuck on the highway for a good period of time, and we lost light, and we ended up getting out there in the dark. Um, but one of the things besides that is um, people don't realize uh, how, you you know, uh, I try to stress to y'all gathering resources during, you know, opportune times and moments. And that's, you know, time management is crucial when you're out in the field. It's, you they, you never have time really to, to, to waste you know what I mean? If you're gonna rest, then you got you got to appropriate time for resting. Uh, the majority of your time is gonna be appropriating uh, resources, getting the things you need, and that means gathering a shitload of wood, uh, twigs, preparing your wood, preparing, you know, keeping your fire going. First thing you do, you know, even at night, uh, you know, under normal circumstances, if you're camping, you want to keep, you know, you can let your fire smolder down in the morning. You want to have put your material back on the um, campfire and get it back going so people can. Uh, warm water so they can brush their teeth. Uh, you know, we had collapsible sinks and stuff like that. 
so people can, you know, um, that's essential to me. I think, um, and I'm going to let somebody else take over, but one thing I do want to mention as far as uh, needs, as far as camping, and we didn't get a chance to go into a, a whole bunch. It was a lot we still didn't cover due to the time frame. But um, when it comes to camping, something people don't think about a lot, and, they, you know, people do, but they don't, is um, hygiene. Hygiene is extremely important. You got to have something when you get up in the morning, just like you do on any other morning, if you want to know how to prepare uh, for camping or anything else, just look at what I do normally every day. When I get up, what, what's, my, what's my process? I get up, I take a shower, wash up, whatever, brush your teeth. You need to do the same things in the morning when you're camping. Um, you need to have those same process. Then you got to look at, uh, do I have the things in my bag that will allow me to, um, you know, camp? I mean, that, do I have the things in, the, that in my bag that will allow me to brush my teeth? Do I have the things in my bag that will allow me to, um, you know, get some hot water? How am I going to get hot water in the morning, especially when it's freezing cold? You're not just going to go out there. If you got hot water sitting out overnight, that shit probably might, might be ice. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Even if you got it sitting in your car, it could be damn near. It's ice cold. You're not going to put that on your body if you can help it. So you got to have containers. Uh, and, you know, like we recommend what a lot of us carry. We carry. I told them you either going to have, like, some type of clean canteen or you're going to have a pot. And having a small, medium sauce pot is a good idea to have keeping your bag. People might think it's crazy, but if you look back in the automobile movies by people on the frontiers, they had pots and pans along with when they were going out there on the frontier because you got to be able to cook. You got to be able to boil water. All this stuff, you got to learn how to operate in the field um, the same way you do at home because that's your new home. You got to, you know, a collapsible sink. Uh, some type of canteen, metal canteen, generally stainless steel. Uh, I like the clean canteens. You can go to Target and get those Stanley cups. Um, they're good. Um, and some type of, I mean, put a, a regular, uh, I don't know what they call them, three-quarter sauce pot. Put it in your kit so you can boil a lot of water at once. That stuff is going to, aluminum foil is important. You know, that'll eventually, that's not a source that'll really truly run out to because you can keep reusing aluminum foil over and over again if you just take care of it. Eventually it'll wear down, but that's a good thing to have in your kit. We use, we was out there, uh, Debo. You remember we were using, making plates out of aluminum foil, yeah, stuff like yep. that. You know what I mean? You don't have a plate, yep. you got to fold that aluminum foil up. You know, make a soup bowl and everything else if you if you know what you're doing. So, so really, you know, go ahead. So, all right, this is Debo. So really, really, when it comes to camping and survival, it really depends on your situation and, and what you have going on uh, in your area. So a lot of things that I kind of had in mind, I was like, man, you know, it's going to be a survival situation. I got to have this, this, and that. A lot of the stuff that I brought, I really didn't need because of the situation that was at hand. Um, what I should have brought was more things to kind of help me comfortable. Uh, and I realized that kind of laid the game. But uh, one thing that that, uh, that he just said was making yourself comfortable. He, he mentioned uh, kind of like a having a radio with you. Uh, kind of make yourself comfortable and uh that's one thing that didn't really cross my mind because my whole thing is my mindset coming into the game was survival it's going to be you know have have the bare essentials have you know very minimal but just only have what you need and that might not be the situation at hand it might be a situation where there is no other threat you know saying you don't have to worry about being taken out by somebody else it may just be a natural disaster that happens and once you once the natural disaster happens, let's say you in you in uh, New Orleans, Hurricane Katrina happened, and once the water has gone down, the flood levels have gone down, 
You know what I'm saying? That was just about living and surviving and, and, and trying to live as normal as possible so your children or your family members don't panic. So at that point, it comes to where, well, you know what, I need to have some of the things they're familiar with. And that's kind of where he mentioned, like, the uh, the morning routines when, when you got to, you know, wash up in the morning, brush your teeth in the morning, you know, have, have your collapsible sink. Those are some of the things that you're used to in normal activity. So your brain is going to function, you know, it, it's going to feel like you're more in a, in, a, in a more stable environment if you're doing some of those same things that you do in your normal environment. So um, it really depends on your situation, and I recommend having several different uh, bug-out bags or survival packs or however you, however you want to call it. You may have one for, uh, you know, shit hit the fan where it's, it's an all-out war, and I got, you know, plenty of first aid, ammunition, et cetera, et cetera. You might have another bag in your car where it's like, well, if I have an accident in a cold, I need to have a way to, uh, you know, keep myself warm, uh, some kind of games to keep my children's minds occupied to where they don't think we're in danger and things like that. So it really it really depends on your situation. So just assess, assess your situation and kind of think of what might happen and then, you know, plan according to that. But like I said, what I gave was a bare minimum, like a tent and a way to protect yourself and, and things like that. But you may, in New Orleans, it don't get as cold as it does in the northern part of the U.S. So a lot of the stuff that you might need in the northern part, like I'm, I live in Kansas City, so some of the stuff I need in Kansas City you might not need down there. And some of the things you need, like a, maybe a blow-up boat, life jacket, et cetera, I might not need. So it really depends on your situation. But like I said, I, I'm, I'm open to, to to sharing my experience and, and kind of rapping about what I think, what, you know, what I need and, and what people might need in their they, uh, they environment. So feel free to hit me up if you have any questions. <clears throat> uh, unscented baby wipes. That was a love. That was love right there. Unscented baby wipes. <laughs> Let me tell you, man. And you keep them in a Ziploc bag. That that shit, you can stay clean. <laughs> At least you can't have a scented though, because the bugs are jumpy. You get I did. I made that mistake, man. I got chewed up pretty bad. Insects are uh, get on you right there. I didn't use the uh, any of the off or anything. That's the way. That, wipes. That's um. Go ahead. No, uh, one more one more thing I wanted to want to mention is is uh kind of what I learned in the wild and, and learned from you is that you don't really want to mess with nature too much. Um, mm-hmm. when it comes to, when it comes to the trees, you might need to, you know, chop down a tree limb for, for, for fire or whatever like that, but you don't really want to mess up the natural path and the natural, the natural way of things. When it comes to a tree, you don't want to cut a tree just to be cutting. It. You don't want to mm-hmm. touch certain things just to be touching them. Uh, you want to do everything with a purpose. That's true. That's absolutely true. And then what you'll learn from that, because it's almost like nature kind of got like uh, Randy was joking about the uh, hornets put a fire wire on me. Uh, nature got a way of knowing that you disruptive. And when you disruptive, uh, you let a huge mosquito in here. Look at there. Um, there you go. Good God, I'm going a big one. Um, hold on, y'all. She got a little stupid mosquito in here. Go on back out. Put your spider. Do you guys um do you guys ever bring propane tanks? Or would that be considered Okay, you do you'll bring both you'll bring, you'll bring a propane tank. I'm not getting cold no more out there unless just it's just like that. Mm mm. 
It get to even like in the springtime, it get cold. It get cold at night, especially outside. Oh, yeah. And, and the temperature drop about about seven o'clock in the morning. The temperature drop again. Which, how, how cold it gets? Huh? How cold does it get? Where? Um, usually it drops about anywhere from about five to ten degrees. About oh, six shit. to seven o'clock in the morning. If you notice on on most maps. It's a dip right before the sun come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, you know, five, five to seven degrees Fahrenheit, right? Yeah, Fahrenheit. Yeah, forget I'm, that. I'm, that's, how much, that's how much water do you bring? <laughs> you bring as much as you can, to be honest with you. Okay. you, got, you know, and when you're camping, really you need to, um, to be honest, you need to uh, bring like a uh, – here's something else y'all need to have in your house. Get some uh, – Everybody should have some of those, um, you know how like, they have the little gas, gasoline cans that, that you put on your vehicle? You see people, you know, with Jeeps and stuff strapping them on. You need to have those water cans, too, the blue ones. Um, not the kerosene. You know, the deep blue is for kerosene, but then they got the light blue cans are for water. Where, you know, if you're going camping, it's just it's not so much shit hit the fan, but you need to have something where you can put your campfire out if you're going to actually leave that location. You understand what I'm saying? And something we didn't discuss, too, like, you know, a lot of times we went out to a wildlife management area, which is more controlled. You got people on their first run. It's basic. You got some ladies. You're not going to really put them through no um, no advanced level training. Um, but if you got, if you're not on a, if you're not like uh, at a fire pit or something that they got out there, you know, little rocks they got on the ground, you got to be careful about building fires because you can cause a, um, you can actually start a forest fire by, you know, uh, building the fire on tree roots and stuff like that. Because the fire will burn on the ground. You'll set the damn tree on fire and won't even know it because you've been cooking on top of some roots. And then the roots done got, you know, turned into a coal. Eventually the whole tree going to go up. You could be like hours or days after you done left. Then the damn tree eventually catch on fire. Then it set other trees on fire. Then there you go. Um, that's something that done happen. So you got to check your area when you're camping. You got to make sure... If you're building a fire, like a ground fire, if you're building a large one, um, you know, you got to make sure, you know, just check the ground, make sure you're not building it on top of tree tree roots. When you're putting up your pitch in your tent, we had to pitch a, pitch a tent in the dark. But like I was telling them, we still check the ground. You want to make sure, like Debo said, you're not, you know, pitching a tent on top of rocks. You're not pitching tents on uneven surfaces. Believe it or not, like oh, I told you. On the ant mound. On the ant mound, that's very mound. important. Oh, yeah. Lord have mercy. You know what I mean? They'll make you suffer. Or a hornet mouth. A hornet's hell, you know, at night a lot of times, this is something else. Like I told you, my biggest concern in the woods are hornets. I'm not, and not just because I got hit by something, but because they will build hives in places that you won't see. And a lot of wasp and shit, they go dormant at night. You can have, even if you're going to destroy their nest, you need to do it at night because they, they, um, it's something like, it's, they kind of like Superman. In the daytime sun, give them extra energy or something. I saw something on the Discovery Channel about wasps like that. Like, they actually absorb sunlight or something to that degree. Um, somebody could probably look it up. But somehow they get powered up by the sun. That's why when it get real hot, you'll see them. They're very active in the, you know, in the middle of the day. But at night, they they kind of go into a, a, a slumber, a, a, a stupor. And they go into a um, – you can actually – you could accidentally put your damn tent on top of a hornet's nest, a hole in the ground, and they won't fuck with you during the nighttime. But in the daytime, you got a real problem. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So bees are nasty, man. Then they hard to counter. They, you know, they harder to counter. Like I rather, I don't know. I rather face a bear than a, knocking up a big ass hornet nest. You know what I mean? Because, um, yeah. 
you know, at least with a bear, you can throw in some. The hornets will try to sting you the damn deal, hornets and wasps, but um, uh, they are a real problem. So, you know, that's that's kind of extreme, but it's still a reality. People don't realize how big of a problem insects actually pose out in the field. A lot of times you see in the military, and I told Depot and them, we see cases and incidents of um, people. Hold on one second. Um, when you um, you see a lot of stories, uh, and they talking about like in the Gulf War, you had all these people. I don't know if y'all remember uh, when the Gulf War was going on. They had all these statistics about all these soldiers. Uh, they you had all these injuries, and then they were talking about they were non combat injuries. And I remember I used to look at, I'm like, damn, those numbers high. And but they were mm-hmm. like, how how are these people getting hurt, and they not getting hurt from combat, you know, per se, direct conflict. And a lot of that be, of course, accidents, trucks flipping over, shit falling on people, people tripping over stuff. But a lot of it comes from uh, environmental, from just heat or cold or insect-related things. They get bit by shit. They get bit by snakes. They get. Um, I remember I was looking at this. Um, I was reading white, a book. Uh, white sand flies. I think they um, they were trying to trace it back to that um, that first uh, Gulf War when I went. Oh, trying to say the sand flies. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure they. I'm sure the sand flies had a huge effect on them, but they know that was depleted uranium, uh, messing yeah. them a lot yeah. of them folks up. And they also had they had spiders <laughs> the size. They had spiders like the size of dogs or cats over there. Those camel uh, camel spiders. Um, yeah, the problem with them biting soldiers too. Yeah. And those, those jokers get pretty big. Um, but you know, a lot of people um, they don't never show you that in none of the movies when they're showing you people training. Because um, that's not cool. But um, ticks and stuff, um, yeah, it should be. Somebody check it. I'm going to call. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. But um, people don't realize, uh, I was looking, when I was looking at the um, thing uh, from the um, the FBI, when they, I, I read one of their books, um, they were talking about um, the HRT and, um, you know, getting on that team, the hostage rescue team. And the guy was talking about when they were doing sniper training, they used to have a lot of people get bit by snakes, you know what I mean? They'll be crawling through the grass. A lot of sniper, sniper trainees get bit, but you'll never see that on on TV. Uh, he was like, they used to have people come out of the brush, and they'd be completely covered from head to toe with ticks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, they, you know, that stuff is – that's the ugly side of, of, of training. But in these books and manuals, they'll tell you, you know, if you hide from something. Something we didn't get to do, Devo and them, that I really wanted to do, but I have to be careful about doing that with people. Just take, I'll tell y'all this, next time y'all go on a hike, anybody on this call, next time you go on a hike in the field, just think about when you go up to a curve or something, just think about it for a second. What if some, some people who were your enemies were coming around that curve with rifles, where would you hide? And when you start thinking about it, if most people just took the time to think about it, they'd be like, damn, I'm not prepared. That will show a lot of people their level of preparedness right then and there because most people, on average, do not have on the proper gear to get down and lay down on the ground and how they're not going to be comfortable doing it. People will actually risk facing death or running or doing something else crazy besides trying to hide. And then a lot of times you try to hide in the field, you got to realize whatever's a good hiding spot for you is a good hiding spot for something else. And in nature, ain't no, ain't no, ain't no games out there in nature. Everything out there is kill or be killed every day. And it's, it's about, um, you know, it's about survival. So they don't, it, when we out there, we, intru- we intruders. You know what I mean? So when you go jumping down, you know, nature under normal peaceful circumstances, you shouldn't really have too much interaction with nature. If spiders get on you, they'll jump off. 
Even bees, for the most part, if you kind of go through nature calmly, they'll let you pass. But if you go through tearing shit up and just being chaotic, they're going to get at you. Bees are more likely to sting you because you being chaotic in the environment. You know what I mean? If you go, you can go walk, you can stand next to an ant nest, and as long as you don't disturb it, they probably won't bother you much. One might get up on your shoe and check you out. But a lot of times... Well, even, hornets, well, even hornets give you... Hornets, well, my, my experience with hornets, they give you a warning. They, yeah, the man. ones down in the country don't. Well, they wanted shot as a hit. <laughs> I ain't never seen no hornet like that. I swear to you, now that's the truth, Randy. But though, right there, they, I remember we was on your property and uh, the hornets warned you before uh, we was out there clearing well, that land. Yeah, they give you a little warning. Well, that, well, it's a. Uh, I found a. They got a huge nest down on the other down the hill. It's a yeah. huge nest yeah. down there, and they, again, they give you a warning. They let you know I'm over here. You keep coming over here. I'm gonna tag your ass, and then once they come out, ain't no, ain't no negotiating in. Nah, it's over then. It's all down here from that point. Mm. <laughs> ain't nothing to talk about. It's all down here, and you, uh, and you really can't outrun them for the most part. You better go ducking through trees, and you, then you might get bit by a snake running from them. Crazy shit. I like ran, that. I ran some when I was a little boy, but that was cause my, I told you my, uh, my cousin was trying to shoot him with a BB gun, so he basically gave me cover. And I was able to get away. They tore his ass up. Yeah, you, you got to be, you got to be special to outrun them. But um, those, those are, you know, like being out there in the field, man. Insects and stuff are, are real, a real serious. It's not that bad. Wintertime is the best time to be out there. Uh, just like when you'll see people, um, and we're gonna get back to the gear. But just some other things about being in the field, you see people talking about on these TV shows. They'll be building debris shelters and a frames and all that. I only do that shit in the wintertime. Uh, you don't do that. If you build one in the summer, then you got to smoke the ground before you do it. You got to set, you got to burn that ground and, um, uh, you got to get smoke all up in the, um, in the fabric of that structure. Because if you don't, insects going to come in there and you're going to, all you have done is create a, a hotel for, uh, every little kind of creepy crawler creature that, that, that needs somewhere to stay tonight. And they're going to be all up in there and you're going to have to pray. The prey insects going to come first and then the predator insects going to come chasing them. And uh, that's all you're going to get that night is a, a bunch of bites and, and stings and all kind of problems. So if you're going to build an A-frame, so I, that's why you keep tarp. I told D-Boy and them, my new thing in camping, in, in my pack now, I think I told you all the last time, tarp, rope, uh, a mat, and um, uh, as many bungee cords and, and carabiners as you can as you can take, because a lot of stuff is going to be in, in nature when you're out in the field. It's about building stuff, putting stuff together, and cord cordage carabiners and all that kind of stuff will help you from hanging up your clothes. So you you know if you have to be out there and washing and you know wash your clothes, uh, if you have to uh, you don't put your bag on the ground if you can help it. I take my bag and, and run bungee cords around it and attach it to a tree. If you don't have a tent, then you need to have a uh, like I told y'all last time those PVC rain suits. Go to Walmart, get one for twenty dollars. They they are good for actually for keeping you warm in the wintertime. You can have on your regular clothes, and then as it get cold, just put that PVC suit on, and you can walk around there. You got a waterproof shelter that you permanently carrying on you. That's that's your that's your tent. Wait, you know you ain't got to set that up. You just got to put it on, and it'll keep you dry and it'll keep you warm. Every single person on this phone should have one. And then kit ponchos are cool, but I don't like ponchos as much as I like um, those rain suits. I have a rain suit over a poncho all day, even though I got ponchos. 
but I'm not. I'm putting the poncho kind of like out of my list because the poncho is like a dress. It floats around too much. Even if you button them, I just don't like the. Um, I don't like the way they 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 flop. You know what I mean? I rather have a rain suit. And on top of that, uh, believe it or not, I saw something one time where um, special forces. You know, a lot of times in their in their training, uh, they will actually put you know like mannequins out in the field. Yeah, people don't really realize the level of training that a lot of these people, um, uh, these organizations take. Sometimes you'll think they slip, and they don't put that stuff on TV, and they don't put it on them little shows that they show you. A lot of stuff they're showing you is fluff shit that they pro- practices that they really don't do anyway. Um, but they'll take uh, mannequins with um, with uh, ponchos on them and set them out in the rain for new recruits. So when you go out to the field, they want you to hear what it sounds like when rain lands on ponchos. Because it's a unique sound, and if you if you out there at night and somebody got a poncho on, you can tell where they at. Because if you, if it's been raining, you can hear it. You can hear how the rain falls on that on that plastic, and it's a mm-hmm. different sound. And because it's it's because of the way it flaps and how it kind of you know goes out like a you know it creates a unique it, it it creates a unique vibration sound that like a rain suit or something like that won't create. But you can hear it. It's a specific sound, and you can tell people around you when somebody got to talk around it. You know what I mean? Not but, a tarp, but a poncho. But what you say to do the same thing, but a poncho, or, you know, in combat, you're not going to really be putting up um, tarps and stuff too much. You're going to, if you're in combat, you're not putting up tents for the most part. If you, if you behind enemy lines, you're not, you're not uh, really cooking. You know, you're not, you're not really making fires. Uh, you're not doing a whole lot of shit, you know, that, that you would do camping. But uh, you're going to suffer a lot. You're going to eat cold food. You're going to be cold a lot, you know what I mean? Um, you can probably get away with a sterno can heating something up, but if you're going to cook food and steal, um, then you need to find you a tree. They got, you ever see them trees that be hollowed out from lightning? They'll rot from the inside out and they have an opening. They always have like an opening down toward the ground. I don't know why the trees rot like that, but if I'm going to start a fire and cook something, I'm going to cook it in that tree so that the smoke will go up. It'll, it'll go, you got to travel all the way up the tree to get into the air so it don't be low on the ground. It's not low-hanging smoke. Um, if you're gonna, you know, you you have to learn how to cook on the ground. You know what I mean? If you get some coal started somewhere, um, in a safe area, you train. You gotta learn how to transport coals. I talked to y'all about that, Debo. People don't really understand how important it is. You might have to bail out a location and go to another location. You need to take your coals with you. You know what I mean? And you can you can cook when you take those coals, heat them up, put some food, wrap some food up in aluminum. Or if you got, the, you know, um, depending on what kind of uh, food you got and containers you got, and you can bury the coals and bury the food on top of the coals, put dirt over you can cook underground. You got to learn how to do a lot of things in surreptitious ways if when you're in combat that makes life very, very hard. But if you're just camping, uh, you know, like Debo said, a tent, uh, some tarp, um, still some, you know, uh, you don't need, really need rope for just basic camping, but it's good to have. It's good to have rope in y'all car, period, y'all, because y'all got to realize we travel over highways and, and, and underpasses and all that kind of overpass, underpass, all in the city. You never know when a road or bridge may be down. You never know going through the woods, you might come up on a cliff face and you might have to tie a rope off to a tree and then go down that cliff face, you know what I mean, just to get to the other side. You just never know. You know what I mean? You might you might need to tie a, a, a you know some cord to a carabiner and do some lasso type shit and throw it across the way and hope the rope rope wrap around across a pass or something like that. Or you might need to throw. It could be some people on the other side of the road uh, trying to get across your side, or you trying to get to them, and they can, you can throw them the rope and they get tied off to something, and then y'all can cross. 
You know, people need to um, practice and know how to get cross rope. Do you know how to crawl across rope? You know what I mean? Different stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that stuff actually, believe it or not, in a, in a, in an urban environment, rope is what really can really really be important. It really can. You could be in a structure that the floors could be compromised, and y'all can't get down the steps or elevate, and it's a hole in the middle of the floor, and y'all can tie it off to something on y'all floor and kind of go down the rope. You know what I mean? Just weird, you know, a couple of hundred feet of rope, at least a hundred feet of rope is, is good to have. So any, any other questions? I'm, I just went there. I went off on a tangent a little bit, but I, I did want y'all to understand those things as far as um, just some ideas on survival. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend having a flashlight um, or some type of light. A, a headlamp would be ideal, um, especially in non-combative you know, situations can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's definitely true. I was going to say the same thing, actually. I actually wrote down the word lights. Um, yeah. And like, like Shanita said, we kind of, we prefer headlamps. We prefer headlamps all day because when you're out mm-hmm. there, really, you don't have time to be holding no flashlight. And, you know, like the old saying, two is one, one is none. You need to have two. I like, personally, y'all, they're all kind of good lights. If y'all want to know, like, some of the top-of-the-line flashlight companies uh, who make real good, you know, military-grade flashlights, um, you can go with Phoenix or 4.7. Surefire, you make good stuff, but actually Phoenix and them actually, you know, um, I think do better better products, and their prices are a lot better. But uh, Phoenix, F-E-N-I-X, or 4.7, that's how they pronounce it. But if you don't, want, you know, even if you're not going that route, then um, those um, um, the um, I'm trying to think of the uh, name of the uh, the uh, Bushnell Trekkers. I love those. Um, y'all need to have stuff too that you can that's 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 uh, powered by um, USBs. I like to get as many USB power things as I can because I have a solar panel. Uh, I actually, I'm actually gonna get one more. Two is one, one is none. You know, having those dynamo radios, uh, like those Enton, E-N-T-O-N, those dynamos, um, those are important. Having a radio for communication, period, is very important. Because stuff, if something happens, y'all, you want to be able to know what's going on. You want to, mm-hmm. some people like, I don't want the government to trap me. No, I want to know what they're saying because I need to know what's going on. I need at least what they're trying to tell me to do, and I can make up my own mind. When you out camping, uh, I got a Bushnell. Um, um, I got a lantern from uh, Walmart. It's, it's done pretty good. I like it. Um, it runs off. Uh, I can't think. I think it's four C or four D battery. So it's kind of limited. They have some solar power. Anything that y'all can get that solar power, please get it. And one thing too, I want to tell y'all about since we're talking about powered devices, 
try to when you create a plan where whatever electronics you get, try to get um, something that every electronic device you get that's not USB power, or if you can get stuff that's dual power, that's great. If you can use a USB or can use, you know, um, batteries, that's great. But it's not a whole bunch of things like that. But if you're going to get something battery power, try to get every, try to buy everything that uses the same type of battery. So that's, that's less batteries. You don't want to have to have all these different types of batteries. You know, if you're going to buy flashlights, if you buy, if your main flashlight that you really like is use AA, then if you buy a supporting flashlight or anything else, make sure they AA. You know what I mean? Take your marker on your electronic device take your marker and write on the outside, you know, on the battery compartment. Like on mine, I, I write down it on on the outside of the, um, like on one of my radios, I got like, you might say like three, um, three, two, eight. And that means this thing takes three, two, double A batteries. You know what I mean? Or it might say three, three, eight. You know what I mean? Something like that. So you'll know if you pull an electronic device out and you're trying to know what batteries it use, it's already on the uh, device where you don't have to try to open it up and remember. Oh, this one. You this one gonna need four AA. This one gonna need four three AAA. You know, whatever. But keep your batteries as consistent as you can. Um, and and one thing. This is Debo. One thing to kind of piggyback off of two of one, one is none. I would recommend having two of everything. Um, and one reason why I would recommend that is because I think you should test out everything that you have in your bag. So, if you got a bug out bag or a kit, whatever you want to call it. And you got all these different things. So you might have a flashlight, you might have uh, a glow stick, you might have some waterproof matches. Um, whatever you have in your toolkit, you want to have experience using it before you actually have to use it. So it, it it may cost a little money, you know what I'm saying? Down, but but I think in the, in the long run it's gonna be worth it. So uh, for instance, I got a, I got a backpack. I got a first aid kit. I got walkie talkies. I got tape. I got all these different things in my kit. Um, but if you don't know how to use it, you know, you might read a book or read a post that says get this and put this in your in your pack. But if you don't know how to use it, then there's it's no point in having it. So what I recommend is using every single thing that you have in your kit. If you got 20 waterproof matches, you know what I'm saying, dump three of them in the water and then try to light it and see if it works. Um, everything in your pack or everything that you want to have in your pack Try it out first before you need it in the controlled mm -hmm. environment, and that way you know how to use it when it comes time to actually have to use it. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a part of uh, something, too, that I want to remind. Uh, everybody know y'all uh, know me. No, I hate asking people for anything. But I think that's something that we should be doing as a group, too. Certain ideas come up. Sometimes I want to ask you, hey, y'all, let's put in – so nobody really takes a loss. What I want to start doing, like when we do the raffles on the other page, if somebody would post something like, hey, y'all, what y'all think about this? If, if everybody would be like, well, let's try it out. Let's see if it'll, if it'll really be a force multiplier. Is it, first of all, we want to – let me say this before I say that, though. We want to get out of the mentality that we need all these gadgets. And like I told y'all, but we want to make sure that we keep – the more we keep it on our head, the less we got to carry on our back. So we don't want to be gadget-oriented. But if it's something, we every time when we're looking at what gear we need, we want to look at, hey, is it lightweight? Uh, is it compact? Uh, and number two, does it have, can I can I use it in multiple ways? Those are three good things. Anytime something fits that bill. And then number number four, uh, what is, you know, what are my needs as far as what do I need to refuel it or maintain it? If the fuel cost, the refueling costs are high, 
And if the maintenance costs are too high, like if it's something like uh, I don't know, if, if it's a, like you know, I got a por- I got a portable stove, a portable propane stove. Long term shit, the fan propane is all over the country, but I may not. If it's a, a certain type of container, uh, if I'm gonna buy another propane stove, I'm, I'm gonna buy one that has a hookup that set mine. The one I got right now needs a specific type of but it actually uses a specific type of butane can, but that's not a good one to have because uh, I may go somewhere where they don't have those like uh, aerosol bottle. Type. It look like a uh, it uses those spray cans that look like uh, like. If you had a bottle of roach spray, like those type of uh, bottles, but I need to buy one that has the external hookup where I can hook one of those standard camp propane um, bottles to it. And uh, that's another thing when it comes to stoves and stuff like that. We don't, I don't buy stoves uh, for the field. I bought that one for camping. That's for you know for for light stuff. But you know when it comes down to something tactical, uh, we don't want to get into something where we always got to be refueling. Uh, when we need fuel, we want to use the sun to start fires. That's why I tell everybody to get a Fresno lens or some type of magnifying glass or strike fire. Because um, that's an ever-running source, uh, just having a, a couple of Fresno lens. Um, we want to, um, if as far as cooking, you just need to get you a grill. Get your smaller grill plate that will fit in your pack and keep that. You don't need to buy none of those $89 uh, jet fuel things and uh, even those tablets. All this shit going to run out. You need to um, learn to build your fire with wood in the field. You need to learn to start a fire with, you know, a Fresno lens or a strike fire or some matches. Or, you know, matches will run out, lighters will run out. But a Fresno mm-hmm. lens will always pretty much get your fire going. And worst come to worst, you just have to be able to maintain fire, um, you know, throughout. And that's another good thing about having multiple types of tarps, too, because you got to remember, you can start a fire and it start raining. You know what I mean? You can start a... Um, you can um you can be get ready to start a fire and collect all the log. You got to make sure your wood is kept dry. You know, and having extra tarps, you can cover up your wood. Um, having a tarp, you can build your thing to kind of, in a sense, let your fire die down, but kind of keep it covered where it's more smoldering. You know what I mean? It's still hot, but you know uh, the tarp is kind of covering it. You can create a, a high level, a tall rain cover for your for your fire. So. You know, little things like that. I mean, you want to try to be as native as possible with it if it makes sense. Kind of, you know, it's simple. You want everything. You need If you're going to be in the field, you need to learn how to extract from the field. Mm-hmm. It, really it, sounds, it sounds like there's uh, levels to this, you know. Um, there are, you don't buy your stuff never, one time. Hold, 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 Randy, 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 hold, hold, hold. Oh, and I, I'm not trying to be rude to either one of y'all, but let's let him complete the thought. Then, Randy, you go in next. Go ahead, uh, Ross. Yeah, I was just saying it sounds like there's levels to this, right? And and then there's levels within levels because what what I've heard so far is, you know, there's there's camping where you can essentially go to Walmart and buy everything you need, and you can go out to the to the woods and you know, and you'll just be brushing your teeth outside, but you'll be boiling water and you'll be cooking food that you bring with you and you got your water. You know what I'm saying? That that level of camping. And then there's that the the other level that we're discussing is one where you don't have all these gadgets. You know what I'm saying? You you really have the minimal. You know what I'm saying? And so that's another level. Uh and I'm sure I'm sure that's just two basic levels that I've heard you guys describe to me. Um and I'm sure that there are just levels within those. You know what I'm saying? And and it, it's it's fascinating. 
to me. I mean, I'm 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 I'm, I'm sitting here just just interested as can be into everything y'all saying. That's it, Randy. Oh yeah, I was just uh, mentioning as far as uh, I guess piggybacking on what Debo was saying as far as using your your gear. Um, it's real important. A lot of times I've, I remember when I first started, I would see people say, you, uh, once you get your pack the way you want it, you put it away and leave it. And I tried that and then you go back and, uh, you find that, um, maybe it got too hot. Some shit that you put in your pack has burst or maybe it melted. I put some candles. I thought that would be a great idea to put in my pack, but then I left <laughs> it in the car in hundred degree weather and, well, I, <laughs> Now my my zippers are, are waxed, so <laughs> but, uh, I got some water. I got some waterproof, and I hadn't intended. But um, it's just you have to check your pack periodically, and it's best to use it periodically. And again, any item that you put in it, try to use it because I'm I, I was notorious for believing the marketing, and just because they said it on the um, on the package, I figured that's what it would do. But um, until you have to use it, or you use it once and it breaks, then you know what you had. And this this Debo, uh, so mm. just kind of on the same line of things, redundancy is key. Uh, you you want to have multiple ways of doing a lot of things. So you want to have multiple ways of starting a fire, multiple ways of uh, getting water, uh, multiple ways of doing everything. So redundancy is key. So uh, again, if you got a pack, um, test it out, try it out. But then you're gonna have to, you want to have two of it. So you know, like I said, if you got a particular thing in your pack, you want to try it out. And that's cool, but make sure you have a backup in case. You know, as soon as you, you might try it out on Monday, and see every, you might test out everything in your pack on Monday, and learn how to use it. And Friday, you got to actually use it. So redundancy is key too. So don't exhaust all your resources. You know, saying just trying out stuff as well. Same goes with ammo and and AB. You can kind of talk about uh, one thing I, that, that I learned from you, and it really stuck with me, is not leaving the range uh, cold. So you might want to talk about that too. I'll let Randy explain that because he he know. Uh, thank you, but I'm glad you brought that point up. Randy, you want to elaborate on it as to why that's the case? Oh, the five bullet uh, rule, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, not to make too much, you know, too light of it or whatever. It's just um, we've had some experiences. Well, early on, I realized with some of the people I knew that they didn't have a, a number of bullets for the guns that they had, and um, a number of times people might go to the range, and they a lot of people will go to the range and won't have the, the, the amount of ammo that they would have liked to have had at the range, and sometimes they'll shoot up. All the all the ammo that they have, and they won't have any for defensive purposes once they leave the range. So just, um, it, it, I think that's more of a younger thing. I'm not, maybe I'm, I don't know. It, no, it's, it's actually something not to really be mindful of. Yeah, but that, that's, that's, that's that. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, I've seen I've seen people of all age ranges do it. Um, I think, and one thing, I don't know if other people do it because I don't ever talk to them. But it just people have uh, when people leave the range or people go to the range, it's kind of uh, it's just like training. Most people go to the range and think they they qualify to uh, defend themselves because they went to the range. 
you know, I shot today. So that's good. I don't really, you know, I don't really need to train them because I've been to the range. I know how to go. But they haven't really, they don't go to the range sciencing anything. They just go to go. And so when they leave, it's a play thing. I went out here, I had fun. I shot all my bullets. I'm going to go to the store and get me some more when I leave. But somebody could have been watching you. Somebody could know that you shot all your bullets. And you can get robbed because you got all these guns leaving the range, and then they know, they can tell you, they out there playing. They probably ain't got no bullets. You know what I mean? Or they tired of shooting. So you always keep, um, you never leave, you know, like Randy said and, and with Debo and Mitch, you never leave the range empty. You And you never shoot your, I mean, number one, if you do that, not to be funny, but it speaks to your level of professionalism because nobody shoots their, that means you don't, ha- you shooting, you're not paying, you're not really mindful of the ammo you have. You don't really have, uh, you know, like me, I take my ammo out of my guns. My daily carry ammo, I'm not going to shoot that. You know what I mean? I'm going to take it out, put it in my pocket, and I'm going to shoot the ammo that I bought or that I brought to the range with me. You don't shoot what you – and if you, if, you, if, you got, if you can just casually shoot up the ammo you got in your thing, to be honest with you, you haven't put a lot of thought into um, how you're armed and what you're armed with. You, have, you know, it just – somebody phone. It, it just kind of speaks to that. You know what I mean? It speaks to, um, it speaks to that reality. So never leave the range. Never leave your gun should never be empty anytime, period. Even if you when you're at the range and you're shooting, it's not empty. When you leave the range and you're not shooting, it's not empty. If you got an empty gun, you might as well not have the gun. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with people people come to me sometime like, um, um, I wanna um I wanna um uh my you know, um I'm gonna put my gun, I only carry my gun in um uh, when I'm at home, I keep my gun in the safe and stuff like that because I got children. And I'm like, well, you need to educate your children. You need to educate yeah. them and take the children to the range because if somebody kicking your door, uh, do you know what kind of time frame you got between them getting up to where you at and you trying to nervously wake up out of fucking sleep and then get to figure out where your gun and figure out where you at first of all? Because y'all know everybody on their phone and woke up at some time not knowing where the hell you was. You know what I mean? If you're sleeping yeah. good. Uh, you having a good dream? You're like, where am I? What time is it? What day is it? You know what I mean? Um, then somebody kicks your door open and they proceed up to it. You know, you hear them bum rushing your house, trying to get to a safe and undo it out the safe, or trying to uh, load your, uh, uh, you know, took the magazines out and put them in one place and put the gun somewhere else to kind of keep it from your children. You're in a bad way. You're in a bad way. And one thing, one thing, AB just said is he said he empties out all his magazines and keeps his ammo in his pocket. Uh, one thing I do is I just keep my, I keep my ammo, my magazines loaded and I put them in my pocket and I, I use a different magazine at the range. So That's I, don't I don't, I don't even have to reload. So I always keep at least three magazines on me. So I might have two regular magazines and an extended magazine or maybe just an extended or a regular magazine, but the case, whatever the case may be, Whatever I want to shoot, I keep it in my magazine. And whatever, when, I want, when I want to go to the range, I have a different set of magazines for that. So that's another option, too. If you don't want to, you know, empty your magazines and, and refill your magazines, you might just want to get multiple magazines and, and just load those for target practice. Good point, D. Anybody no. else got anything to add? We got anybody no. new on the call that we haven't addressed, y'all? We've been just talking. We got any... Um, any um, new calls online? Anybody, you know? Hey, hey uh, yeah, this is Brian. I just chimed in, man. 
What's going on, Brian? Hey, not too much, man. How about y'all? Hey, Brian. Good. What's up, man? Let's see if we get some new comments. Anything you want to add? How your family doing, uh, Brian? Hey, everybody. Well, family's doing good. Um, I I I just got on the call, so I'm not really sure what y'all were discussing. But um, anything. Yeah, I had a chance to uh listen to the go back and listen to the call from uh what was that Monday? Because I was I was in on that out on that one too. But uh, a lot of good information, so I got to get my list together as far as with those bug out bags and stuff like that. So. Um, okay. Oh, and uh, I didn't get. I know uh, there was the question that came in about the physical fitness level, and um, I don't. Uh, I was going to talk about it then, but uh, I kind of, uh, as far as I, I, I guess I can. I would say myself, I'm like in decent shape in terms of being able to like, you know, go for jogs and stuff like that. I, I every now and then I would usually try to run like a couple of miles. Um, but as far as like, you know, doing major hikes or, you know, like 40, 50 pounds on my back, I haven't really done anything like that. So those are, I know, um, you're kind of talking about some of the special forces training and they do that type of thing. So I haven't really done that much myself, but I want to kind of get more into it. Um, so, yeah. One thing I want to say about this special forces training, I think, I think, um, I think, like I said, I think more than models are more hazing than anything. Uh, I think they, uh, I know they definitely learn some real shit as far as, um, you know, explosives and fighting that they don't share, you know, share online, you know, understandably so. But um, I think a lot of people training, if you're going to do anything for uh, fitness training, it got to be cardio-based. I don't think soldiers should be made to haul these stupid-ass, you know, these heavy loads. I don't agree with that. But I do think that... um, uh, people, you know, you got to have your heart. You got to be able to walk a mile. You got to be able to, uh, you know, uh, I mean, climb, you know, tra- you know, uh, uh, traverse hills and all that kind of stuff without dying. And um, those things are, um, you know, those things are just, you know, I mean, just come since naturally important. Um, so those skills. Yeah. Somebody was saying something. Oh no, I'm sorry. I need to be on mute. Sorry. Okay. Um, but I think those skill sets are. Um, are very important um, things, for, you know, for people to, uh, um, you know, you just got to know where you're at, you, to be honest with you. You really need to, everybody, and nobody, most of us is crazy. I'm going to tell you all something that I that I joke with myself about sometimes. I like, you know, I always knew when the, when the end was coming because I said when the end come, nobody going to be prepared for it. You got all these people being prepared for years. Uh, when you was in excellent shape, nothing happened. And it's the same thing. It's kind of like a principle of carrying guns. As long as you carry a gun, you'll probably never, ever use it. But the day you don't have one, and I've seen this for real, uh, I ain't going to go into some story. The day you're going to have one, you don't have the fucking thing, it's going to be the day you need it. Excuse my language. Mm-hmm. That's how life feels. Life is crazy like that. The day you don't have it, it's going to be the day you need it. And uh, you're just going to have to, you know, if, you know you're going to have to make do as best as possible. I've... Um, it's just like when you out of shape, when you in shape, ain't nothing gonna happen. When you out of shape, that's when something gonna happen, and uh, you're gonna <laughs> you're just gonna have to try to respond as best as you can. 
Um, and it ain't, you know, and it, it could be in, uh, hopefully we all wrong. Hopefully we, hopefully we, you know, we have a thousand more talks like this and the subject change over some point. They're like, well, yeah, I mean, we start when the world was going to come to an end or we thought shit was going to hit the fan. That's never happened. Blah, blah, blah. How your children doing? They in college now. Blah, blah, blah. That'd be nice. Um, but, um, I mean, we just don't know. We try to, we, we, we do this thing. We try to be prepared for the worst. We try to, uh, understand is somebody trying to say something? Am I over talking? I hear no, somebody. No. I think it's but, somebody um, taking a phone call. Yeah. Um, those are some of the basic. What other questions? Anybody have any other questions, too? I want to make sure we answer everybody. No matter what the question is, run it. We want to make sure we address all the concerns that people have. Solar panels. What kind of uh, when you said solar panels, you get the small one or the medium size or large? What, I, mean, I got a fifteen camping? watt. I'm sorry. Finish your question. I apologize. Yeah, is this for camping or all around whatever? This just for my survival pack. I got a fifteen right. watt mesh. Uh, I think Shanita got the same thing I got. Uh, we got those raw RAV. I got it off of Amazon. Uh, you know, if when we get this land thing going that we're trying to do. Of course, we're gonna to try to get larger panels, but I think you should. Actually, people, in my opinion, have two of them. You know what I mean? Um, I I kind of looked at reviews. I ain't looked at it in a long time, but I went with the RAV, RAV, Rave, or whatever you want to call it. Um, uh-huh. I forgot why, but for some reason, I like those better. So I got it off Amazon. It's like forty nine dollars or something like that. I don't know. But they work pretty good. We use them, uh, and they work. So I like them simply because we use them and they work. That's now, all is, this I was direct, is this direct sunlight or uh, my bad? I keep cutting you off. So. No, I'll direct, stop. Go ahead. The, uh, now, is this direct sunlight or does it capture light, all light? Uh, I haven't tested it in low light, but I know in direct sunlight, it, it, you know, it charges stuff. You know what I mean? I haven't tested. I haven't, I haven't conducted, but I will do a test on that now that you brought that up. Uh, yeah. You know, of course, as the year, as um, – as we approach the winter season, you're going to get, you know, the charge going to be less intense than it would be in the summer because even though the sun is still there, uh, you, you know, it's, 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 the distance is actually greater from the planet. So your UV, the intensity of the UV rays coming to the planet are less. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's just a reality. But, um, and all this stuff, boy, there's a lot of stuff I got. I got to get the pack first. Then, you know, <laughs> try to stuff all this junk in. I'm telling you, I got all this stuff down. Yeah, first aid, man, that's kind of a big deal. So, um, the first aid, what do, what do y'all use for first aid? Because I see a lot of stuff online, but it's got to be a practical use. Because I used to get uh, maxi pads for blood. You can lose a lot of blood, believe it or not. I used to get like maxi pads with my thing to use for that. And I'm sorry, ladies, to use that. I'm saying they have a double use for it. Because they can stop blood, you know what I mean? I know people who paramedics who still use those. Um, um, one of the Yoda people, um, she's she was a paramedic, and uh, I had a couple of paramedics tell me that actually that um, I know they have guards and stuff. Of course, you're gonna get guards. Here's the thing: one of the things I told Debo and them that's very important that for people to realize. Number one, in a survival situation, your number one thing is to avoid injury. That's number one. We don't want to, we didn't want to have first aid stuff. We want to have first aid stuff for. Be honest. Gunshot wound, people, you have, like I told Fred before, Fred, you know, he used to show me these little blowout kits that they had. And I was like, you know, that's cool. I don't have a blowout kit. I don't have a blowout kit because come shit hit the fan, I know if I get shot, 
uh, I know how to, you know, put, I know how to do, improvise something, and I got guards to, uh, you know, try to stop the bleeding, but where I'm going to go, what hospital am I going to? She hit the fan. Uh, if there's if there's a break total breakdown in society, where I'm going? If somebody if you get eviscerated, you know you get shot, you know laterally across your stomach and your your intestines hanging out. We can take an Israeli bandage and and, and you know do like they say and you know just uh, tape it back to your stomach. But where are we taking you? How long you got in this life? You know what I mean? We you know uh, we can run an IV. I mean you I mean you just gonna probably you you gonna go into shock and expire at some point. You know what I mean? Uh, and if we got you for days, or we off, you know, deep in the woods and mountains, you, I mean, you just done with it, to be honest with you. I mean, we'll do what we can to preserve your life, but, you know, uh, number one, that's why we want to be very intelligent about how we operate, so we want to avoid conflict. Because, I mean, people get shot, you know, think about if somebody got a compound fracture. They just fall off a cliff, and now they got a compound fracture where your bone uh, protrudes out your leg. I mean, who gonna? I mean, we got surgeons on hand. Where, you know, we where we can get apply an, uh, anesthesia and you know give you you know monitor your heart rate and blood rate and you know open your legs up and um, put a you know pin in your bone and take the fragments out and um, give you and, you know we can give you anti-inflammatory and painkillers, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you know what I mean. People keep people got you know a lot of people got a lot of resources medicine wise. I got a lot of I got a I got a lot of resources medicine wise. So I advise you if you got them, you got them. I advise you this though: don't go around on the road with them because you actually can get charged for having um, prescriptions. Yeah, but, that you are not have, but you only have what you have, and again, in those types of situations, you have it's like a triage. How much of, of your resources are you willing to use on one individual? Exactly, that's just the reality of, of, of situations. Um, like. First aid is important. That's 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 all I can say. <laughs> it is, but you know, one thing you got to think about too, just like in the military, everybody have to have their own heavy supply. So you use your supply. You know what I mean? We we'll burn up your whole supply on you. You know what I mean? But have a supply. Yep. We'll burn up your whole supply on you if necessary. And if it's somebody you love, I burn up my supply. You know, a third of the. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. you might put yourself in a bad way for people you love, but. The thing about it, have something. Um, I mean, the th- number one, number one, if you if you operate as safe as possible and intelligent as possible, you can really severely uh, reduce the chances of having conflict. That's why I try to tell people when they be talking about even with your weapon systems, buy standoff weapons, buy systems like like uh, Raj did or like a lot of y'all got with scopes. So I don't, I don't want people getting up on on close to me where we can be in an equal or fair gunfight. I don't want to be in a gunfight. I want to be able to send a message from a distance to tell you to stay back. And if you keep coming, then I'm going to start picking y'all off. And then I'm going to keep moving, trying to move out of the area. But I don't want to get danger close with people where we within 100, 200 yards of each other or 300 mm-hmm. yards firing at each other. Mm-hmm. Not to say it can't happen, but I'm saying you got to be – and when you, when, you, when you know your resources are limited, when you know your capabilities are limited, then your intelligence should be heightened. You got to be thinking, man. You got to be trying to, you know what I mean? Got to really be thinking. And I think that's what's going to get a lot of people killed. And luckily for people like us, all we got to do is wait around and pick up their shit. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm going to let everybody else fight. I'm, I'm not intending to fight anybody come shit hit the fan. Seriously, man. Uh, you know, not that I can't do it. I think I could be good at it, but I ain't intending to do that. I'm going to watch y'all fight. Then once y'all done, I'm going to. Closer you have resources, you don't. Again, it's like 
I think uh, Debo was saying earlier about um, in the Katrina situation. If you could, if you could have withstood the first few hours of it, then maybe you could get back to you know operating in a different uh, set of circumstances. But if you didn't have the resources to get through those first few hours, then you asked out. Yep. And you know what? You know what else that that bring up? Imagine this: when the National Guard and those people come to your neighborhood. If they see y'all got a strong, organized community and it ain't no chaos there, guess what? They be more prone to leave y'all the fuck alone because there ain't no issues there. You know what I mean? If y'all tell them y'all got a team, look like, hey, I'm the representative for this community, and they see people standing out there with rifles, they ain't going to come in and try to take y'all rifles. Like, look, this is what we need. When are y'all going to get y'all talking in a sensible, uh, you know, intelligent manner? Y'all communicate. Everything is okay here. We got a few people injured. We need this and that. And, uh, you know, and they telling y'all it's going to be a while before we get there. And you like, okay, we understand. But, you know, uh, let it be known that we got people over here who need help. People respect organization, man. And people, mm-hmm. you can you can have a lot of peace in your community if they know it's organized. But if everybody right. running around, Lord Jesus, what's going to happen? Then y'all, y'all ain't giving no water. You know, I ain't, I'm not making fun of people at Katrina, but if you fucking disorganized and chaotic, then they're going to come in like they're going to play God. They're going to play God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have no resources of your own. That's why mm-hmm. you're begging them. If you have some water, if you have some diapers, if you have some baby formula, because you said, I'm going to stick it out, then that's different. If you don't have those things, why are you there? You should, you know, mm-hmm. you should have went with the way they were telling you. Do what they tell you to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> I ain't aiming to cut about it off. This Debo. So um, we kind of been talking about packs and bug out bags and you know survival kits, but a lot of times the survival situation might be in your own house as well. So you want to make sure your house is equipped with everything you need. <clears throat> so you want to make sure you got plenty of water at your house. So you might got running water right now, and you might have all the guns that you might need. You might got all the maps. You might got, you know, firearms. You got everything you need to survive. However, you might overlook food and water. So uh, I think one of the biggest things that a lot of people uh, overlook when it comes to survival, because when it comes to survival, like a lot of people think about, I got to leave my house, and I got to go somewhere else, and I might have to fight for my life. That's what people think of when they think of survival, and that's what I think of a lot of times. Um, I got to leave my house, I got to go somewhere, and I got to fight. I got to make a tent, I got to be outside in the wilderness, find a way to get water, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But, again, when natural disasters come into play, it might be your household. So you want to make sure your house is prepared as well. So that's why I said it depends on your situation. Uh, if you went, if you went New Orleans, you might have to worry about a flood, or you know, what I'm saying a hurricane. So you might want to have some life, some lifeboats on deck, uh, some some life vests on deck. You might want to have fresh water on deck. Uh, you might have to sit on the, on the roof. You know, I, I've seen the shit online. I ain't never been there during you know hurricane season, but I've seen during Katrina people sitting on their roofs for like you know, weeks. So you might mm-hmm. want to have some water supply at your house. You might want to have food supplies too. at your house. You know what I'm saying? So don't overlook. Let me ask y'all a quick question. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but just, just throw it out the face now what you say. Y'all tell me something. What, what's the number one problem with sitting on your roof? What's the number one threat sitting on your roof for days? The heat. The sun. The sun. You'll be direct sunlight. Water. Then you're, gonna have, right. then you're exposed. You're exposed to everything. The sun. Um, yep. The heat. What are they most, what are they most likely to die? Go on. I'm sorry. 
Say that. I was saying that you got the, the sun, the, the sunlight bounces off the roof, and roofs generate mm-hmm. heat. So it's like basically mm-hmm. standing on a stove. Exactly. Um, so you're going you're gonna to dehydrate exactly. um, quicker than you would if you're just standing on the ground, for example. A roof yeah. is, uh, is, a, is an uncomfortable spot to it's an uncomfortable spot to, to stand on. If you ever done roofing work, that would kind of give you a little insight into that. Yeah, and that's exactly why all y'all saying the same thing. You sit on your roof for any period of time, you're going to probably die from dehydration. Start mm-hmm. Heat exhaustion and dehydration. So that ain't no damn good. And let me ask y'all another question just to put some on y'all mind. Uh, what, number one, now let's take it, We gonna, I want to keep it on a non-tactical thing, but I do want to ask, ask a tactical question. Uh, in a tactical situation, why can't you defend your home? Oh, how, how how would somebody uh, attack your house? How would they attack your house? Let me ask you that. They just wait you, you out. They'll wait you fire. out? Fire. Fire. Number one, what would they do with fire? How would you attack somebody's house? What would you do? Just give me an idea. What would you do if you, if you, some people's in a house and you like, fuck it, I don't, I, they, you know, they keep their food, let's, you know, let's kill them in place. How would you do it? You got, how would you start a fire? What kind of fire would you use? What would you do? I'd smoke them out and then let the how? heat get out. I wouldn't want to get the food. Set the how? fire I'm by, asking. Uh, well, below the house. If you can get below the house, right, just go below the house. They'll probably fire. be shooting out, they'll probably be shooting out the windows at you. You know what I mean? If they, if they got you enough people, they'll probably be. You take some Molotovs and throw it at Molotovs. Molotov, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I was waiting on. You throw Molotovs at the house, you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, even if you if if you board up a house, they still could set your house on fire. They throw you know Molotovs um, on the roof. You know what I mean? It's it's different yeah. ways. It's hard to defeat. You can't really in a tactical situation any man-made structure. It can be a potential coffin. So that's just something to keep in your mind. If you're in a man-made structure, even if y'all if it's shit hit the fan and we moving through the field and we come up on a house, we are gonna sit on that house for days. You know what I mean? We are gonna still stay in the field and watch that house. Uh, on average, uh, even the best trained sniper, all humans will move. If, if most humans cannot stay still more than two hours, now it takes a well-trained person, a well-trained sniper, to stay still that long. If you watch any spot for a period of two hours, you're gonna see some fucking eventual movement. Uh, if you know what to look for. But people, you sit on a place and you watch it and you watch it. But even if you know enemy in the area, you never go to a man-made structure because that's where they're gonna look for you at. They're going to figure you want to come in out of the out of the environment, come in out of the world, and that's where they're going to find you. So you never go to a man-made structure in a combat situation. But in a, in a regular situation, shit hit the fan. My thing, my theory on shit hit the fan situation, and, you know, like the, I put up a video. They were telling you, I don't know if y'all saw it in the A-page, talking about sheltering in place. Sheltering in place is okay if you, if you know that whatever the, the situation is, is very limited in control. But I, 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 I advise against it the same thing I say when it, when it comes to fighting. And the further, if I can put distance between myself and the threat, I always feel better. I don't want to shelter in place. It, you know, you, do don't, you don't want to run to the field uh, just because something happened. But if something major happened, I definitely want to try to get out of any area where, the, you know, I'm still, I don't want to be within the, um, um, you, you know. Window, you have a window. Of, you, to me, you have a window for that. If you miss that window. Um, to me, you you don't want to find yourself uh, stuck in traffic with a bunch of crazy motherfuckers. That's the yeah. only thing with that. And it's really a judgment call. You know what I mean? It is. Where you going to find yourself. I, but if you I get a warning, 
you get forewarned, it make all the sense in the world to get as much of your survival gear as you can and hit the bricks. And I tell you one thing, if it's nuclear, I want to move out of the city. I want to go stay with yeah. somebody else for a while. I ain't gonna lie to you because uh, anywhere a nuclear device and see, and not trying to get off in no spooking you know, or fear tactics, but see, I think they set the story because that's what's going to happen here next. It's going to be yeah, I, yeah. I feel it's going to be nuclear. They're going to level a city or two or maybe three, yeah. and then they yeah. going to that's going to institute a real locked grid control. And I I just rather be in the countryside. I'd rather be in the countryside. I'd rather be in my grandma's house, or you know, which ain't real for me, but I'd just rather be somewhere else. Than that's, what makes the South, that's what makes the South, most of the South, I think, preferable to some other places. But, like, in Atlanta, you got the CDC, and I don't know if Forcecom is still here. So it makes us, you know, in my opinion, uh, a target city. And like I said, how much, um, how much time will you, will you, you know, when you get a feeling when you're watching the news or from the political sense, do you move on that or do you wait for an actual announcement? And if you wait for an announcement, it's going to be fucking hell trying to get out of, out of the city of Atlanta. Yeah. If it's nuclear, I move, I move immediately. I'm, I'll, I'll, and, and to be honest with you, uh, I really try to get it. It's a, it's a thing. If it's nuclear in our city, we're we not going to have a calm. We're not going to, you know, the, uh, if even if it's low yield, something, you know, 10, 15 kilotons, uh, which they predict it would be, uh, that you know, it'll send out an EMP, EMP pulse that would definitely knock out communications in the city. Uh, yeah. So we'll be, you know, we wouldn't have that. So if we don't have a prearranged point like Randy where y'all come to my house or, or and that yeah. depends on where it happened at. That depends yeah. on what side of town it happened on. So you can't say uh, I'm coming to your house. Or, you know, it just depends on where it's at. The only thing you can do is say, hey, if they have them on the south side, then I know I ain't going to a friend's house. You know what I mean, Fred? I know Fred should be coming this way, and we should be coming to, moving forward Alpharetta to what Randy place. You know, or whatever the hell. You know what I mean? We need to be moving away from the uh, epicenter. You know, so that's kind of thing. Say, so, if you had a, if you had a wherewithal, now my thing is, um, from my understanding, if the way they talking about this nuclear shit, it happens yeah. within minutes. Right. You know what I mean, you don't have. Ain't gonna be no time. Even. Yeah, you can't get out of nowhere in the city of Atlanta in 20 minutes, especially when there's other people trying to. Well, the good thing about that, though, if it, if it's a 10, 15 kiloton downtown Atlanta, we ain't going to have that many people moving out of the city. Yeah. So they're going to be gone. So the thing well, that's, for, I mean, that's, that's after the hit. I mean, that's after the hit. Oh, yes, yes. And that's, I, I ain't Joking about something like that, but my, oh, thing, my thing is like, it's like my thing is like if like if I where I'm at, I'm gonna try to go north if possible because I know this, the epicenter is gonna be somewhere south. Where right. you at, you gonna probably want to go north. People on the I, east, they probably want to go further east. People in the west probably want to go further west. But see, now that's the thing. Now, if it if it happens in Atlanta, if it's just one city, then people outside the state don't have to go nowhere. But they do have to prepare themselves because a low yield nuclear weapon. Uh, even if you did a, even if the uh, Russians launched a, uh, a ballistic missile, if they launched one, which wouldn't happen, but even if you had a 40 megaton weapon go off in, this, in, in downtown Atlanta, uh, that's gonna kill, that's gonna destroy everything within um, 20 miles, and everything probably extended out to maybe 100 miles. So the, you know, there's a whole bunch of places that would be safe. There's a whole bunch of people when, you know, when wouldn't even know it happened. Um, they say you can see the flash from about 600 miles away, so a lot of people see it happen. 
Um, but they probably wouldn't know where it was. They just think the sun rose twice. But, um... Shit. Well, they're going to announce the damn shit. It's going to be alarms and shit going off, too, now. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if you in other states, it wouldn't directly affect you at all. You know what I mean? No, no, um, other states. But if you're in Atlanta, and it's like some of terrorists could use something low yield, you probably got about, you know, a couple of miles. Everything within 600 yards is, is vaporized. Uh, everything within a mile or so completely destroyed. And, you know, it, it, it wouldn't expand out more than, you know, 10, 15 miles. You know, you could be within a 20-mile radius and still, you know, receive moderate to light damage. And still, you know, that's survivable. So you'll still, if you're outside the city when it happens, um, you definitely, you know, if you're I'm outside. Just, I'm, thinking more, I'm thinking more of the panic, the panic that will ensue with everyone oh, yeah. trying to flee at the same time. And that's why yeah. that you might want to shelter at home in the, um, at first. And then once some of the panic kind of, you know, let the zombies do their thing, then you might want to try to make your way out. Because the roads are going to be packed. Impossible to pass. You have to go in the back roads out here. There's some country roads out here, man. But I, I feel you on that. I don't plan to go anywhere if something like that happens. I mean, because it'll be impossible. Not immediately. Not, not immediately. Because I have some. That's what yeah. I mean about having some resources in the home. Yeah, and then yeah, once right. you see shit, shit is, is yeah. melting away and we running out of water and we need to, you know, make our way where well, we've been planning for that. So now uh, let's make our way. And by that time, uh, most of the motherfuckers being killed each other by then. Well, I um, think that would happen like days and weeks on end. I think the first day, if something happened like that immediately, just like most yeah, of us right now. Uh, immediately people going to be, you know, clamp- like I said, they're gonna, it's going to be a rush to, to get to the resources and get out of town. And uh, what, what was that that happened in Atlanta? Um, there was some event in uh, the snowstorm. Remember how the, yeah. the roads were red long? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They didn't go nowhere, man. Nope. It was highway. If you had a motorcycle or a 4x4, you, you know, you could make some moves. But if you was in a, uh, you know, a regular car, you pretty much done. Do that. I almost, I almost want to say you need a bike or something like that. You need a straight-up bike. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, we, we get, got some of those, but yeah, and that, again, that might be the thing. After, like I said, after a few days, maybe you can bike, you know, twenty miles a day till you get to your spot. Yeah, that's a perilous journey, man, because you don't have everybody out there tripping. Well, you got to think about. I don't think people. I don't think people will be as shit crazy within the first. Um, few days. days. I think, yeah, exactly. I, After months, I think that's when you're going to get that zombie shit where folks yeah. going to be hoarding and all that. You're going to have a window to get the hell out of town. Yeah. And I think if the government, and the good thing about it, like, uh, to be honest, the government has a, um, the government, unless it's something, the only way I think it would really, I don't think it will ever get to that zombie phase because even if you hit multiple cities, that would be, if you hit three, four cities, they hit, they hit L.A., Washington, New York, or maybe hit four, you hit Atlanta, you knock out Hartsfield Airport, which that way you'll be able to make it a, a world event because you'll kill people from all over the world at Hartsfield, which is the uh, busiest airport in the world, moving people all over um, from all over the world come through uh, Hartsfield. So that'll be a good target for a terrorist or for the government. Um, you hit that, you hit New York, Washington, D.C., hit L.A. in the harbor to knock out. That would knock out U.S. manufacturing. Uh, not manufacturing, but it'll, it'll really cripple the economy because you got so much import coming in on L.A. Harbor. 
that's like, you know, Long Beach and L.A., that's a, that's a, a rich target for, you know, uh, interrupting global trade, uh, at least product imports and exports coming in and out of this country, out, out the coast there. So you could really cripple the country economically. You could cripple the country with a strike to uh, Hartsfield economically. You'll do a decapitating strike on the government just, you know, just for good measure. They just knock out New York for psychological effect. You know what I mean? You got a lot now, of don't banks. Forget, now, don't forget the harbors in New York. New York's Philly. <laughs> hell of a, you got Philly. Philly. Yeah, but it's just out of New York. Norfolk, Virginia. All yeah. goods come to New York. Yeah, if New York is gone. D.C.'s gone. Norfolk, Virginia. But that's got more, you actually got more commodities come through Long Beach, I think, than New York. That's oh, commodities come out of Chicago. But, yeah. um... That's no, I'm talking about actual, actual, when I'm talking about imports and exports, when you got most of your products okay. coming, out, coming from China are coming that, in. Yeah, that could be true. Yeah, that could be true. Yeah, that could but be the, true. West, the West Coast is going to fry. The whole West Coast is going to get it. And it depends okay. what they're going to use. Because they use that Cobalt bomb, man. We, it might not even matter because if they use the Cobalt bomb, that's going to be a done deal. That Cobalt is the one that you don't want. That'll wipe out. But they say 10 million people. The radiation from that is the worst. You, the worst that that is the worst. No, the only thing about a terrorist when uh, if they, they, I don't think they would ever use that like that cobalt or neutron type. Oh, I thought you, I thought you meant Russia, but yeah, terrorists no, they won't. If, if, if the, I don't even think the government would do it because the government would know it would be that type of weapon system. They would know nobody that had to be government. You know what I mean? It it would be yeah. too much telltale thing because ain't nobody's yeah. uh, 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 high, you know, a high tier weapon like that. You not, you know, even even a, even a, anybody tell the truth can teach people online right here on this phone call how to make a, a, a regular uh, a gun barrel type nuclear weapon like ones they use on Japan. Those are some of the simplest damn designs you, that you could come up with. But mm-hmm. um. Those advanced like cobalt and, and neutron bombs and stuff like that, it's going to take a sophisticated. And then a lot of times, those are more theoretical weapons. And they really ain't truly. Um, well, that's, that's like that Satan, too. They would now, Russia had. I thought that might be more propaganda. I don't know. I'm not familiar with the technology. But I know often. No, that's actually that's real. real. I didn't mean to cut you on, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead with the question. I'm just saying, in the, in the atmosphere that we're in now, if, you know, people, you know, you, you brag about what I got in my, you know, you don't want to fuck with me because I got this in my closet, nigga. You don't want me to go in my trunk. That type thing. Yeah. So, well, I didn't know. If, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Like I said, I, that's, I, your for, that's your forte. I don't know shit about yeah. that. Well, the thing about the reason, I think the reason Russia, first of all, it ain't, it's funny, it, uh, a huge portion of it is propaganda because the U.S. and everybody else been doing they had their weapons, so they've been in Russia with developing that, that system. It's real, but Russia, the system, the missiles Russia have right now can invade the U.S. defense system. They know this. That ain't nothing special. Um, but And even that name, Satan too. it's funny when I saw him put it out there because uh, that's a NATO designation. That ain't yeah. what they call it. That's what NATO yeah. is. It plays into an American psyche of saying they got names yeah. weapons. Satan
<laughs> evil people. <laughs> evil people. <laughs> yeah, we got liberty bombs. We liberate with our bombs. No, you know what the U.S. call, what we call our, our Nelson, the Minute Man. Even that, you know, I'm <laughs> the Minute Man 3. You know, we are just our vigilant guards standing, you know, standing for America and you know, I don't know yeah. what NATO nickname are, but it's we we name our missile the men and Russian and they shit Satan either. I don't know what they call theirs, but uh, it ain't no fucking yeah. Satan. Um, yeah. man, it's like the Liberty Bomb. I had a motherfucker actually call some shit the Liberty Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. wow, ain't that ain't that, ain't that special? You gonna bomb some Liberty in my head? That's great. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just part of the propaganda move and. Um, like I said, that going back to just just my views on the on the um uh, uh, uh staying in place. I, like I said, I think you're gonna have a window to move, but if you don't jump early to move mm-hmm. late, it's gonna be a mistake. And then you're gonna have another window, and if you miss it, then you're gonna have a bunch of people gonna have time to do all that, that crazy shit they didn't see on TV. What do y'all think? Uh, what do y'all have? What kind of preparation do y'all have in place for? Uh, what, 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 I mean, as far as what y'all know, and I'm going to ask y'all what y'all know about, what do y'all know about nuclear weapons? What are your threats? What are your, what are your danger points from a nuclear blast? Uh, EMP and wind. Everybody, everybody get one. Uh, we got you on the EMP and wind. What else, somebody? Uh, proximity. Can you say that again? Uh, proximity. How close you are to the uh, the blast and what uh, for where? Yeah, we're talking about. We want to talk about effect. Of course, you know your proximity gonna have a lot to do with your survivability. But we talking about what are your what does what destructive effects do a nuclear weapon produce? Randy said EMP and he said blast. Two of the main radiation and radiation 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 burns. Yeah, uh, we got fallout. Water contamination. That's a part of radiation. That's a part of the radiation effect. What other effects we got? We got radiation. A nuclear weapon produces radiation. It produces um, um, a blast. It produces EMP and something else. They're not smooth. I mean, yeah, everybody know what it is. Y'all just not thinking about it. I mean, it's, it's, it's the key thing that causes all the rest, all the rest of it. Contamination. Mm-mm. Energy. It's, there's thermal effects, heat. Okay, heat, yeah, energy, heat. Yeah, it's thermal. And then the heat. Mm-hmm. Because a, a, a nuclear blast, depending on the size yeah. of it, can create third-degree burns out to 60 miles. Yeah. That's that's a lot of heat, man. Uh, when, I was when putting that on the radiation, though, but, yeah, same thing. Yeah. But it's, actual, it's, a, it's an actual defined – now, here's the thing about nuclear weapons. If you detonate one uh, – if it most and, and this is something people need to understand about radiation, too – um, things don't become radioactive in a sense because they a nuclear bomb went off on them in, in, in the truest sense. What happens uh, when a nuclear bomb, what happens, whether they fusing atoms together or they splitting atoms, when they do it, it what it does, it creates uh, temperatures that are hotter than the sun. And the earth, because the earth has a balance to it, the earth can't allow that type of heat. When you got like 11 million degrees at the core, the Earth can't allow 11 million degrees to exist anywhere on the planet. So what it does, it increases the surface. It rapidly pulls the heat out of the from the core area. It expands it out so it can cool it can cool it down. And that expansion of air, that rapid cooling of uh, bringing that core temperature down, is what creates that powerful mm-hmm. blast wave 
um, that you get from uh, that explosion because it's so hot. That heat is dry, it's pushing the air away, and the air is actually pulling the heat away, increasing the area in which that heat is spreading, thereby dropping the temperature down to something that's manageable on Earth. Um, so what you get the blast from that, and of course you get that heat radio radiates out. That's a lot of heat that has to be dissipated from 11 million degrees back down to whatever the ground temperature is that day. That's a huge that's a huge expansion of heat, uh, a huge uh, that's a huge amount of heat that got to be dispersed. And that pressure wave is coming from that air moving, that blast wave, that pressure wave is coming from that. And then you got an electromagnetic pulse that goes out because you actually have, you got a lot of atoms that have been split or fused and even other things that have become ionized. You got gamma rays been released because not all the material, uh, not all of the material uh, transforms to, you know, we have matter transforming energy. Not all of the material goes. So you have gamma rays. Uh, X-rays, neutrons, free neutrons, which are extremely dangerous. You'll have all that shit flying out in every direction at, at, at you know, damn near the speed of light. Um, so those that have you, which a thermal effect, you also have a thermal radioactive effect. Where if any of that stuff hits you, you're guaranteed to have cancer and probably, uh, um, you know, die sometime, you know, in the near to late future. But yeah, but those effects that 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 initial radio radiation pulse that comes from the thermal pulse it's actually very short lived. If you're not directly exposed to it, you probably will be all right. But if you in, you know if you behind concrete, you behind lead, you behind aluminum, some type of aluminum you know uh, structure, you'll probably be all right. If you underground, you'll probably be all right. But uh, that effect will really hurt everybody that can see it and that's directly exposed to it. Now, what also happens if it's if the bomb detonates on the ground and it's touching other shit, some of that was material like the cars, people, concrete, trees, everything that was around that was at the ground zero, that stuff gets vaporized. And at the same time, um, a lot of the particles that were left over from that burst are get embedded into in, into those into that into that vaporized matter. So now you got radioactive particles that are now embedded in 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 part in other natural particles, and that shit is flowing through the air. So it's not that the things of things become radioactive, but radioactive remnant radioactive particles are now embedded on all kind of shit because trees and all the rest of this stuff got sucked up into the uh, to the blast, and now it's dispersed that shit out, and then you got a, a radiation cloud that's traveling away from. The blast center that's carrying out is residual radioactive material. Now, the thing about it, most of it is going to be alpha particles or beta particles, things like that. That really, if you, I'm going to put a video up on it, that stuff is radioactive, but it really, a lot of it can't even penetrate the skin. But the thing about it, if you consume alpha particles, you're probably going to get cancer immediately at some point you die. One of y'all mute your phones. Um, the thing about it, you know, too, like if you look at the Army, the Army field manual on nuclear response, too, they even tell you if you got food, you can eat food that's been exposed to radiation, but you got to make sure it was like if it's an orange or a banana or something that had a, a shell on it, you got to make sure you remove the shell so that you don't, you know, I still wouldn't do it, but like canned food you could, you could wash canned. If you got some gloves, some lead line gloves or something like that to kind of keep your hands and stuff from getting contaminated. You could technically rinse those, a, can, a can of food off and still eat it, but the problem is trying to get into get the materials off of the can, and you know what I mean, so that you can open the can and eat the food without ingesting 
tiny particles or alpha particles or beta particles that may may be left over. But those particles mm-hmm. don't touch shit and then make just because it land on it, it ain't now radioactive. It's radioactive in the sense that that tiny little alpha particle that's on there is giving off energy. And along if you wash it off or put in some water, I mean, you wash it off, it's fine. But if it get inside your system, it's going to be giving out energy for the next 60,000 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're probably going to get cancer because it's going to be like a little bit of heater that's going off inside your body for the rest of your fucking life. Uh, and a lot of people can survive stuff like that. But one thing, too, if you look at a lot of the uh, material on nuclear weapons, that's a good thing about, you know, like whatever created us created a lot of balance systems. Even when it comes to biological weapons, they don't persist long in the environment because ultraviolet rays break down biological weapons. So do it break down chemical weapons also. Rain and water and, and just being exposed to the sun and break a lot of that shit down. Same thing with radioactivity, believe it or not. Uh, eventually, uh, now depending on the levels, depending on the levels and, and, and the concentration, and, you know, if it's focused into one little area like Chernobyl was, that area is going to be highly uh, radioactive for forever. You know what I mean? The only thing they could do is put another nuclear... Have you nuclear seen it lately, though? With the wildlife? No, the wildlife has returned. It's very green. But it's still mm-hmm. getting yeah. off hot. It's still, it's still hot, though. Hot like a mud, yeah. Man, and see, that's yeah. the funny thing, too, because nature, I mean, these, these materials that we use to make these weapons come from the planet. It's just that we we modify them in ways that they, you know, I mean, it ain't like, uh, well, plutonium is not a natural substance. Uranium is. Uh, but even the way that, even the chemicals that they make to make the bombs or not, they don't naturally exist in the, in the, in the state in which, they, uh, in which they are explosive. But uranium is here on the planet. Um, so all this stuff will kind of eventually break back down to safe levels, but it just takes thousands and thousands of years for that to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm about to get out of call, y'all. I've enjoyed the discussion. It's my Likewise. bedtime. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Appreciate. Uh, we got anybody else on the call that want to? Um, you know, we've been we've been kind of running all over the place with it today and kind of bogging the conversation, but that's how we do sometimes. But if anybody got any questions about anything, anything they want to say, then y'all go ahead and run it, and we'll kind of try to respond to y'all before we close out. I was thinking about the conversation when we were talking about, like, what do people actually have as food right now available in their homes today? Canned food. I got canned food. That's one thing I could stock up on just because uh, everything is. I had, to, uh, I had to put that money down for the AK-47. Listen, listen, I don't mean to interrupt you, but let's do this. Let's let, we need everybody to give we need everybody to give something on this. The question yeah. we need everybody to respond to a question that Timmy just asked. What's your food level like? Give an honest assessment of where you at. Now Leon, you going first and after you let's everybody give something in on this. Alright, so yeah, I have like uh and my situation's complicated too, 'cause I got a I got kids and a mom, so it I'll get into that in a second. But yeah, canned food and I only have like a couple months. And we do have some water, but I don't think it's enough. Uh, you know, if in my ideal time to shelter in place, then we had to go somewhere. It would be two months. Then I would be good, but I would want longer than that. So the uh, the whole thing with me in my situation is I had to find some place to store to go, to get to and go, you know, uh, and afterward, yeah, within a tank of gas, too, when I have to fill up. So it has to be in that radius. Anyway. Of course, we have 
bullets and guns, but yeah, the food, the food is important. The medical, and we have some stuff for like colds and everything. Nothing bad. So I mean, am I prepared for shit hit the fan? No, but a disaster, yeah, I'll be okay. I have cold weather. I have uh, some like the hunting overalls. I have that for cold weather. I have extra blankets and everything. Candles. Um, All right. Look through my stuff here. Cool. Oh, that's cool, Leon. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so we can just so we can stick the food. Who else? Who else? Who up next? Who else we got? This uh, So as far as food preparations, I got a lot of food and uh, water. I got food and water. I got I got four seven gallon. Uh, I got four seven gallon uh containers. Um, as far as food goes, I got a lot of non-perishable items. I got a lot of tuna. Um. I got a lot of dry stuff. I got a lot of seasonings because one thing, again, when it comes to survival situations, you want to you want to mimic regular life as much as possible to keep your your composure. So mm-hmm. I got a lot of seasonings. I got a lot of hot sauces, but um, I don't really eat meat. So I got a lot of vegetarian like chilies, a lot of vegetarian beans, black beans. I got a lot of quinoa. So I got a lot of dry goods, and it's just me. I don't have a family. I don't have a wife, kids, none of that. It's just me. So uh, I got enough for myself, I think. And, and whatever I don't have, I feel like I can go get if the situation comes to it. Um, I think I may, at the most, probably have a month worth of survival food. I know I should have more than that. But like I said, for right now, I think I got at least a month worth of food to survive. And if she hit the fan, uh, if I use that up, I'll get what I need to survive. But um, I got a lot of dried food, uh, canned food, and I got like uh, 28 gallons of water probably. And uh trying to increase it, but I'm not home as much as I should be. So I just try to uh, reach out to different places too and see what they got where, wherever I'm at. Cool. That sounds good, Debo. Well, I mean, you being by yourself. Uh, I got another question I'm going to answer after that, too. But uh, next person up, next up. Well, that, that's me, Ross. Yeah, you can run. Uh, uh, okay, and uh, and this is, uh, what's the scenario again? Is, it, is this catastrophe or, or this is just what? Just how much food and water do you have for whatever disaster might be? What do you oh. have stored for food-wise? Uh, I, I, I. I think I got enough canned goods for for about a month and a half, two months. Um, mm-hmm. And I might have a, uh, a case of water in the house right now. Uh, I'm new to this preparedness survival thing, man. So actually, um, you know, I don't even, yeah, this is, I mean, I'm really, I never even thought about it before. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, no, I just bought a month's worth of food in the house, I guess. And I don't really like eating canned goods anyway. I'm um I'm trying to get on that vegan tip. Easiest, e- it's easier to say it than to do it though. Um, I still eat meat, but you know I don't I don't eat a lot of it. Um, but that's about it, man. You know I got about a month of, month month month's worth of food that I could that I could survive off of and a case of water. So 
I would be using my gun in that situation, and I would knock on my neighbor's door and politely ask them to assist me, and if they refused, then I would probably get creative. I shut out hurt your neighbors, man. Uh, and you need more water. Because, uh, I mean, how many days can we go without water, y'all? Three. I mean, how many, how many, how many, how long can we go without food? You go long without food. 20 to 30. It really can't go. You can go about three weeks without. It's the rule of three. Three, three minutes without air, three, um, three hours without shelter in the adverse environment, and um, three days without water. Now, when they say go three days on the third day, now I've had people already saying they don't win a week without drinking water. You consume some type of fluid. Um, if you on the third day without water, you 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 are knocking on heaven's door, and uh, like and uh, you can go about three weeks without food. Um, people say a month, but really about three weeks. You got to realize you're not going to be healthy. You're not if you ain't got food or water in that period of time. I did it thirty days. Yeah, you'll be tired. And you yeah, you can if you if you can go thirty days without food if you constantly consider consuming liquid. But not you. You're not going to be healthy. No, you're going to be consuming something because you can't. Nobody uh, until I. I hear you, but until I see somebody do it. I did it. Okay, it's always no. You know that master cleanse thing and stuff. We do do thirty days. It was a thirty day cleanse. Okay. Okay, thirty days. Well, all right. I can see it. That's the funniest thing. That's the funniest thing ever. Yeah. And so I'm telling someone I always tell them they did. Um, But um. The thing about it, let me tell you something. You go 30 days without eating anything, without consuming any kind of food, or three weeks, you're going to have some real problems. Now, certain liquids, you know, I mean, you can drink soups for 30 days and still be um, moderately healthy. But the thing about it, you got to realize when you go on these extended periods of time without consumption, and mainly most people can't go three days without food or water because their mm-hmm. minds are, uh, we so used to eating every day. Mm-hmm. We, you know, most of us are food addicts. And, you know, and we don't, people don't even realize that even if you don't think you're a food at, you are because every day you got a schedule on how you go get you something to eat. Mm-hmm. In the morning, you have to know America provides. But when America don't provide, then, you know, I mean, I don't want to get off on the subject on that, but um, let's let everybody else finish, then we'll go back to that subject. Everybody else, right. go ahead. Who, who we got up next? Yes. This is Brian. I guess I'll go. Um, I got about, I think I want to say about 24 gallons of uh, water. It's it's just about um, about a, a bunch of uh, gallons I've bought uh, over the few months. Um, as far as the food, I don't. We really don't have a lot of extra food. Um, a couple of canned goods and stuff like that, but that's something that we really need to probably put some focus on. Um, so. How many people? You got a lot of people. Y'all got to think, too. Just a quick note. Um, y'all need to look at, if you got a gallon of water, uh, one person, I think the rule they they have, like, sometimes they say, like, uh, one gallon per person per day. So yeah. uh, you talk about, you know, what you need to, to wash up with. Even if you're just doing light wash-up, you're just washing your face with some water, and then you're drinking the rest of it. Uh, mm. If you got, like, Debo got 28 gallons, he got 28 days worth of water, in a sense. Right. You know what I mean? He could stretch right. it a little bit to maybe 35, you know, maybe 40 if he, you know, if he conserved, you know, cleaning up and stuff like that. 
But um, if you got a family of four and you got 28 gallons of water, you yeah, know what I mean? Uh, it's three of us, so. Yeah, yeah so you have to divide uh, yeah. that, you know what I mean? Right. And water is going to be more essential than food, to be honest with you. Hmm. True. Yeah, yeah that's a lot to do with that, too. Because uh, I was homeless for like a year. And I'll tell mm-hmm. you what. You can stretch when you're younger. You can do a lot more. So your your age your your age does have something to do with it. Because I I went a long time without food, y'all. I mean, I went to basketball practice, school, all of it, and you know I didn't tell nobody what time you know I was going through it, right? But yeah. uh, you know, I did get through it. So you know, I have been hungry, and what it is, yeah. And you can go, but I tell you what, that I, I would look for. You can find fifteen percent because a lollipop. I was eating lollipops and shit. I ain't lying, y'all. <laughs> I'd go to get a lollipop. That was my dinner and breakfast and shit. Yeah. Well, you already qualified to survive. So in a funny way, uh, kind of. Oh, that's the truth. But that ain't no joke, man, because it, it gets to the point where you have to be selective. Or you can't sleep at night. I didn't sleep at night. This is in Baltimore. So I couldn't sleep at night because you're on high alert. So you had to sleep during the daytime, and you become kind of a semi-nocturnal knot. Uh you have to stay clean, so you go to the YMCA, you can take a shower right there, and you can't go back outside after the shower in the wintertime because you catch the cold, mm-hmm. right, and then you're done. So you go to YMCA, take a shower, and then you go to the library as fast as possible. you got to steal some Vaseline and baby, uh, baby, uh, what you call it, um, baby lotion. That way you don't start smelling all like that. Cause that was the key thing because if you start stinking, then people are going to be on to you know you're homeless, right? you got to go, you know. So... Uh, I didn't know anything about the shelter, so the, yeah, man, there's so much, man. I, I, we'll have to talk about this another time, man. But uh, you can go, but it's not fun doing it. That is hard. Man, you don't want to be in that situation, you know what I mean? I mean, the water The water thing is, I think you can train yourself to drink less water, and I, I would encourage to try to do that anyway. You know, like, okay, so last week, I lost seven pounds all last week. I ate cornbread at night and took cornbread to eat. And all I did when I got hungry is drink water. I lost a t- I lost some weight. It flew off me. As a matter of fact, I, it like cleaned me out kind of. So I, the the diet I think that you need to try to do now, man, is try your hardest to drink less water, and not be so dependent on food per se. Do you, you know what I'm saying? And if you can practice that to where you're doing it all the time and eat healthy, like eat the vegetables as you can. You know, on top of that, then I think you win in this thing right here because. Yeah, Derek, you're right. It is that the, the rule of three is good. You can go a little bit longer depending on your health. If you're in good health, you can stretch it. If you're not, well, you know, that, that makes things a little complicated right there, you just, and you'll start suffering. And then mentally, the psychological thing in that eating is different. Like you said, just like you said, it's very true. But that water, man, that water is important, but you can kind of get water. You know, you find a way to get water. It may not be good for you. You can find a way to get it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, staying up, man, oh, man, I, I tell you all, man, this, this is ugly. Because when you all were talking, I was remembering when I was homeless. I was like, damn. Yeah, I didn't ask for no help. I did get a job. I got myself a job in a little room, but, you know, that, that shit took a minute. It did take some thinking, think quick on your feet and everything, and then you have to, uh, the dangers of the city at night. You know, you you couldn't go to sleep. You literally had to walk around all night, and, you know, dodging the police because they're fucking with you. Then you start seeing, like I said, that's what I was talking about earlier, when you start seeing the underbelly of this city. It ain't just the people out there. It's a whole system. Yeah, exactly. To people who, uh, who are out of pocket. Yeah. 
and it's not a good society because if it was, then it would it would it would it had a tribal mentality not to get back on that. But if if it was a tribe, you would look out for all your people. Right, and it's not. It is not. No, but you know who helped me out? I remember I had uh, some pennies and I had enough money to go get a half smoke. Now here's the thing: what I found out young too, that when you don't eat for a long time, and I had to be careful of this, when you go eat meat. After a long time not eating, and this is tuna, everything, it's and you okay. eat that, you get sleepy. And, I mean, you get sleepy to the point where you got to go to sleep, and you, you can't because it's not it's at night. So you can't, man. That was tricky. But I went to the Muslims, and they I was short money. I had all these pennies. And I was like, Mama, give me a half smoke. And that was like a big deal. That was a big meal to me, a half smoke with some French fries and a can of soda. And I was short money. Them cats helped me out. They were looking at me funny, man. I'm, like, I'm not on drugs. You know, I, I told the song. I'm telling. You, I told the truth. You know, and uh, they, they said, "Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Just go ahead." They were the only ones. I went down to that mission, man, and them women treated me bad down there, man. I'm telling you, I didn't feel welcome down there. And it was all the hygiene. They, they treated you subhuman. The Catholic mission down there in Baltimore is right down there on Baltimore Street. You go down there. It used to be anyway. I went down there. They treated you. Had to get down a certain time and sleep at night. And uh, they treated me like shit. I was like, fuck it, man. I ain't going to here. And I got mad about that. I was like, here it is. here's the church. And, it, you know, the Muslim, I had to go all the way across town to the, um, you know, Park Heights and Keyword. Walk, you know, well, I could walk anything then. But uh, I had to go all the way up there. And they were the only ones. They treated me with dignity, man. That's some wild shit. I'll never forget that, though. Now, I hear people well, talking about Islam's bad. I, I know who helped me out. And I'm not saying they're the greatest thing either, but I'm just saying shit. So that water, the water and everything, yeah. You you went to water, but boy, I tell you, I I say practice going with less and eating healthy, eating healthier, and uh, getting vitamins and everything. I think that's the one thing that if I could, if I had to do it again, and I was given something to have, I would want vitamins and uh, and water. Hell yeah, because you can get you you'll eat sooner or later, but you, the vitamins to stay strong. Cause you you do get weak, mm-hmm. you do get weak after a while, man. I remember, I, I, you do. You're right. You get weak, and that's the so, shit starts kicking in. You, you just start doing shit. I, I don't know. It's strange. I'm weird. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I, I appreciate. I, I, we appreciate. I appreciate that. Uh, that input, man. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm glad you came up out of this situation. I'm glad you. You know, you're on your feet now. You seem solid. Um, yeah. That's man. You got to live it to know it. And. Yeah. Um, you don't want that. <laughs> um, like I said, I wasn't joking, but when, you know, you already, you know, you already been tested. So everything else, I mean, if you can, I, I say that about homeless people like that. All that, those people already, they already outside. Those people are not going. They don't have to take a preppers class. They don't have to, you know what I mean? They, you know, they, it's a lot of things they don't know. They still could be victimized by armed people. But just like you said, when you when you kind of out there on the fringes, you got to think faster. And that's what it's the same thing. Not to get our appointment when you talk about gunfighting and violence. People who've been out there in the streets, people who in bad situations, been in those situations long, longer than you, they're gonna be faster than somebody who's comfortable. They're gonna be, you know, they're gonna be sharper than somebody who's unknown comfort. They on a whole different plane of uh, they, their brains processing information faster and 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 they're processing it without moral compunctions. In a lot of cases, they're looking at what the fuck I need to do to make it, and I'm gonna get it done. So that's that. Who else do we have on the? Um, I appreciate that. I do. I appreciate that. Uh, that insight, man. Um, I really do. Who else we got on the call? Make sure we got everybody. Yeah, this people. I, I was just gonna say for anybody, uh, anybody in Atlanta, 
uh, if you, if you or you got a family who uh, hungry during Thanksgiving, check out Hosea Feed the Hungry. Uh, I'll be in town. I volunteer every year for Hosea Feed the Hungry. So even if I ain't in Atlanta, I'll come to Atlanta to to volunteer. So Hosea Feed the Hungry, you ain't got to be homeless, or none of that stuff like that. If you hungry and you want a meal, uh, come to Hosea Feed the Hungry on Thanksgiving, and they'll uh, they'll work something out with you. Get you a meal, get you some uh, some clothes or whatever. So, if y'all know anybody who needs something to eat during Thanksgiving, uh, just check out Jose at Feed the Home. Appreciate that, Debo. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I think, you know, we kind of went everywhere tonight. I appreciate it as always. That's how we do. And uh, I think we still cover some. We got some valuable information out. We chit chat a little bit, talk about different things that's on our mind. That's important too. And um, <clears throat> until next week, y'all. Um, and I probably, you know what? Depending on how next week go, y'all, I'll probably throw another talk show about. Try to let y'all know ahead of time. Y'all know how I do sometimes. It's impromptu. But um, you know, I appreciate everybody on the call, man. I appreciate you know y'all joining the club and. Uh, Y'all look forward to I'm I'm trying to do a lot of videos this weekend, um, some follow-up video, Debo, and I got some more stuff that I'm going to try to um, – I'm not going to try. I am going to put on – I'm going to do some other videos for y'all that you can share with your people too, Debo, for stuff we didn't get a chance to do when we were here. Um, So, uh, you know, I'll put a lot of little survival stuff up in in the coming week. Actually, by this weekend, I've had (laughs) most of it done. So y'all look forward to that. And uh, y'all got any questions and all that stuff, y'all know it's always, you know, put it on the page. Hey, Debo, I got your message. I'm going to hit you. But, uh, if, you know, if we ain't got nothing else, y'all, I'm going to let y'all, you know, everybody say their peace. You know, they um, then we're going to close out. Go ahead. Uh, peace, everybody. Peace, everybody. Peace, Debo. That's his hey, uh, Oh, my, my bad. My bad. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say uh, uh, to thank everybody for the uh, for the comments and participation. Um, um it's a good conversation, man. It's uh, I'm learning a lot, and I just wanted to say mm-hmm. that, man. Thank you for sharing your story, man. That was uh, really, bro. That's uh, you know, that that's that that's very valuable information that you gave, man. I appreciate it. I really do. Mm-hmm. That's Leon, right? That you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, well, well, yeah. Obviously, it was something I did. I just I didn't call anybody for help, man. But I, I tell you what, boy, I I think that uh. If one thing I learned from that, that that's the one thing, and I'm trying to do that now. And I and I came back because I, you know, 250 pounds of heavy cyber thing. I'm like six three, so I've always been like an athlete and all this other stuff, and I have a physical job. But eating less is something I'm gonna get into because I think that uh, that helps out. I think it it makes you, I don't know, harder. You know, you're not reliant so much on eating three square meals a day. So I got to figure out how to do it healthy, though. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, th- how to I do think that healthy. I think that plus water, like you know, I don't think you should cut down on your quantities of water. I think you should increase the when you when you got the prop when you properly hydrated, you're less hungry. Um, right. Think a lot of us eat a lot because we always we we operate, and I, I'm telling you this even as a doing what I do, I'm surprised sometimes. I, I remember, and uh, and I'm not gonna hold it, but Nani could tell you when she first met me. I used to eat, like, once a day. And then, like, one day during the week, I wouldn't eat at all. You know, I might eat an apple. I used to eat a lot of apples. And I'm telling you, I was in the best shape of my life. I felt like, you know, I used to hike. I mean, I was really, I felt like I was, like, 
our superpower, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, like me, people, they would mess with me. They were like, you eat the same thing all the time. I, I have my little foods that I like. I eat me a turkey burger, and I eat me some collard greens. Or I generally ate just turkey green, collard greens, spaghetti, um, a lot of water, apples, you know what I mean? Um, but I just, you know, it, it is, it's a truth. That you don't have to we eat more than we should eat. And I think that contributes to the ill health that we have, and it, it contributes, mm-hmm. contributes to, uh, no, definitely our, all of us. A lot, of, the majority of people are overweight, and a lot of that too comes from depression too. A depression yeah. has a lot to do with a lot of people's weight issues. At least I believe that because I ain't never seen so many people overweight, and you can just feel, you know, when you're in tune with things. I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but y'all might sound crazy, but you can feel anybody in tune with life can feel the depression that the society is in. The society is down, depressed, it's angry, it's frustrated. And uh it wanna change but it don't know how. And that's a lot of us individually. Uh, so we have to um you know, it's gonna be some type of some type of I think some type of um I don't wanna use the word metaphysical but I don't you know, I don't get all into that. But I think something is coming that's gonna force all of us to uh either reshape our lives or, or change or die. Yeah, you're right. Hey mm-hmm. man, don't 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 uh I don't mean to jump in again because uh, I think Shanita got something to say. Um, I I was kind of like that. I'd be like, I don't want to get into the metaphysical because I thought it was kind of weird and creepy. But but like you said, you have to go through it to know it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um and I went through uh I went through I went through a little experience. I'm gonna be quick with it. Basically, no, go ahead. Basically, basically, uh, I got betrayed by somebody, right? And I remember before I got betrayed, I remember thinking, I knew I, I had this feeling, right? I had this feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And see, I and so this, this society, man, has taught us to be individuals, number one, and and our survival is based on our individual skill. When when when, like you said, if we were tribal, it'd be a group thing. So. It's taught us to be individual, and it's kind of got us very logical, you know, like we want to use our minds for everything, right, as opposed to using our other senses. So when I got betrayed, my Hawaiian mama, because um, I lived in Hawaii for a little while when I was in the military, um, my Hawaiian mom, mama said, she said, John, she said, uh, you think with three things. You think with your mind, you think with your heart, you think with your gut. And she said, your mind and your heart can lie to you, but your gut never lies. And she said, so if you're thinking about something, you think you want to do it, but your gut's telling you no, what you do is you don't make a decision. You just, you just leave whatever that, 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 that problem is alone. You just leave it alone. And eventually the universe is going to, you know, uh, give you the answer when the answer's time, right? You know, mm-hmm. so like you're only really supposed to make your decisions when – when your mind, your heart, and your gut are all in unison, are all in agreement. You dig what I'm saying? Um, and so I, I started, you know, and then we have, like I said, I, I read other books, man, that kind of, that kind of talked about this. You know what I'm saying? That, that you know, part of the problem with society is that we are, we're kind of conditioned to be individuals. Because if we're individuals, they can make us slaves. Because, because, because if we, if we work as individuals, we won't work together to to make our lives better. We won't come together to, to defeat the system. So. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and like the brother was saying, you know, he he was keeping his problem to to, to himself, and then when people found out, they wasn't that helpful anyway, right? You know, p- probably because he was a man, 
and they were afraid of them, you know? And so that it's, it's, it, this world we're living in is so complicated, man. It's so complicated. We all just trying to survive, you know? But, um, yeah, don't, 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 that, you got to listen to your gut sometimes. And you're right, man. The world, you, you, you can, if you're paying attention, like you said, if you're paying attention, you can kind of see it. You can, you, you can see it. I'm done. Yeah, you I'm can. done talking for the night. I'm done talking for the night. Y'all, y'all go ahead. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm still on the phone, but somebody else got to talk. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, though. That's that's true. Your grandma now, always I, told you. I mean, everybody's grandma always told you follow your gut. In some way, yeah. some way, your grandma, grandma, you talking to her, she sat down, you, you know, I don't know, she might have been whittling wood or something or chewing, you know. My great-grandma chewed snuff, y'all, all right? She chewed. <laughs> she had, anyway, and she said, you follow your gut. You follow your, your, your instincts. And most people, he's right, we don't follow it. You deny mm-hmm. that. We deny that, and that's how we get damaged. And that—that that is a—that's that, like what he was saying. That is—it is a safety. Uh, it is a safety feature. Your 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 spirit. Tell you, we call it. I joke a lot of times, calling my spidey senses, because they never mm-hmm. wrong. When my spidey senses tell me like, no, nah, you know what I mean. And the minute you deny it, you're gonna be uh, the next thing you're gonna be thinking. I immediately regret that decision. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know your senses. And that's, I think that's what he was saying. And I don't really deny the metaphysical. I try not to use the same terms a lot of people use because a lot of people, they butcher everything. They bu- they butcher the meaning of things. Just like uh, I'm not trying to knock anybody uh, either, but like I was telling somebody, might have been, I might have been telling you, T, that uh, some of the worst people I met are Christians. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's funny like I'll listen to what you're saying. I'm not saying, and that's not to knock Christians, but a right. lot of when I look at like when I meet people of of the Islamic faith or somebody who are Buddha, they generally always peaceful. Some of the worst people I've met are people who claim to be Christians. Yeah. I mean, this nation. I mean, if they if they actually follow Christ in the Bible, I think I could respect people who do that because you'll see a humble people. You'll see people who are helpful and caring and loving toward one another. I mean, because even if you really oh. no matter what you believe about the Bible, whether you know uh, I'm not a Christian. But it, it, no matter what you believe about it, but some of the teachings, you know, um, if you follow them, I think a person, if a person truly follows, like a lot of religions, they would be better people. But a lot of people just take stuff and bastardize it according to how they want to be anyway. It's my excuse. This is how I'm using it. And, uh, you know, and it's funny because uh, you'll find a lot. Look at America. America is a Christian nation. It, it, it spills more blood than anybody. These people used to come out of church and, and have lynchings and stuff like that. So, it's it's a nation that's full of uh, hypocrisy and 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 our, uh, you know irony, but uh, you know like you know we have to. And I think what we're doing is probably what let you know we got to think positive too because you know just like we got a softball gun club and this private thing we're doing, it's other people out there who see what we see. We just don't know them yet, and I think we have to. With one thing, we do have to you know. In spite of all of it, we have to always be open to the idea when stuff happens. We need to. If nobody else takes anything else from this car, we need to know that you're going to have to take charge. You're going to have to take responsibility. You're going to have to be one of them people. I was thinking about this. For some reason, a dog came to me this morning in the shower. I was like, you know, it's funny. I know why wicked people always end up making the rules, because people who are thoughtful and intelligent are generally quiet. That's why they're thoughtful and intelligent. They're always keeping their thoughts to themselves. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's just funny. But people who are brash and, and out of control, they always saying what they think. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? they always throwing it out there. Well, I think we should do this, and they're going to be vocal about it. And then the sheep's gonna be like, well, you know, you know, you know, 
And then eventually they drown out the voice of intelligence. So that's why you find laws and systems get created by wicked people and people who don't have nobody good intention in their heart because they just allow this. And people don't know. And, you know, we can't change people like Randy said earlier because people don't want to think. The majority of people don't want to think. They just want something to abide by. People want mm-hmm. to be, especially black people. Black people love to be servile. Anything that anything that liberates people, people are gonna run from. Anything that uh, subjugates people, they're gonna be drawn to because they're gonna they know they're gonna have company. There's gonna be other subjugated people there, and it's gonna be easy. All you gotta do is do what we tell you. That's how come people can go to prison and somebody can tell you you can do triple life and you go you still just go on and turn your hands around and you supposed to. I mean nothing left to live for. You can go to a a, a cesspool for the rest of your life, and you are gonna go willingly. But um, that don't make sense, but people will accept it. Well, at least I know I got someone to sleep. I got someone to eat. You know, I'll just adjust to whatever's going on there. I'll adjust to homosexuality. I'll adjust to, you know, violence. Whatever's going on, i just, you know, i find me a place in there. You know what I mean? And um, that's what people, the majority of people, unfortunately, I think, is, is, is whatever species we are, we definitely are. Who knows, in the universe, we could be like a, a, a that tadpole in the water. You know what I mean? I mean, that first little whatever it is, that little egg that be in the water. With, you know, we at that point of development, and we got so fucking far to go. You know what I mean? That's why we, you know, we still act like we just higher-level animals. We're not higher-level beings for the most part. The majority of us are still higher-level animals, and we still hmm. are chained in, like just like cheetahs. I, one of the one of the things that I and I'm and this is the last thing I'm gonna say tonight. Um, but one of the things that I pay a lot of attention to in my house, I got like, my little pet spiders that I you know I don't kill as long as they hang around places where bugs come in, like the door, you know, like if they in the garage, I got like pet spiders. I leave them there because they kill shit. Um, but you know, sometimes every time I see a spider, if I see a new one somewhere, they all do the same thing. Spiders spend their whole life upside down in the web, not moving. They just sit there all day long. They don't have no entertainment. They don't have no real relationships. They just, and I was just thinking about what if you would design, I can't even imagine what it's like to be a spider, to have that, that's your protocol. And I started wondering, I started wondering, are they sleep? Do they, do, are they like in a state of coma, you know, uh, most most of the day until something just triggers their will? You know what I mean? It's just, it's like they're just hanging upside. And then it's funny because most people don't think all of them just hang there the majority of one, not all of them, but most of them always, if they, when they rent it, sitting there for a period of time, they're going to go and turn themselves upside down in the well. I don't know what that is, but that's what they do. They just hang upside down in the well all fucking day long, every single fucking day until something touched their well. There's nothing else for them to do. There are some that hunt, they actively hunt, but the wells that cast spiders just sit there. That's all they do, man. And, you know, it's just like, I think you know sometimes our, our inner protocol, our, the animal nature of us is just is just there. We're more dangerous because we're an animal that's been given, that's been kind of cursed with kind of given a mindset like God. You know what I mean? We're not really stuck into what we are. We can change, but for the most part, we still are. We like an experiment in a sense. We can. Our base nature always always dictates to us. No matter what we, no matter how we try to fight it. Uh, our base nature dict- dictates to us, and our and our conscious mind is always lying to us, telling us it's not that we making decisions that we you know it's not our decisions are based off our intelligence and not our in our sense our gut, and then at the same time we don't listen to our gut, you know what I mean? So it's a it's a complicated situation man oftentimes finds itself in. That's why you find yourself. We're always 
you know, on roller coasters. We're going up and down. And it ain't because of fate or nothing else. It's just because we animals, they can walk on two feet. And that's confusing. Apparently so. It's confusing. But that's all I got, y'all. If y'all got something, T-Wing, you, you've been kind of quiet. If you got anything you want to add, I think we just us four on the phone. I don't know if anybody else left. I can't see on the computer because it shut down apparently some time ago. No, we got a good amount of people. I think we got one, two, three. I don't know who guest five is. Guest five is only on the chat. And then um, six, think, six of us I think that's me. guest five. Oh, you that's you? Okay, so that's what's up, six of us here. Okay. Anybody, yeah. uh, is anybody typing anything? Because I can't see, T. I, I can't see if they was or not. Uh, no, I was, I was, uh, Randy was uh, talking about the diatomaceous earth, um, that he put um, the diatomaceous earth and dry goods will help manage insect infestations, which I can absolutely attest to. Um, diatomaceous earth is also, um, you can buy, you can buy it at pet stores. Um, Feeding stores. Yeah, and there are different types of it, but you can actually use it to um, clear your own system as well of, like, worms or whatever like that. Like, if you have to deworm, it's natural. It's completely biodegradable. Um, But the principle of it is that it's so fine that when bugs, like with exoskeletons, walk in it, it basically slices them up as they move around. Mm -hmm. Um, And... In that principle, because it's basically a type of, if I'm understanding, it's a type of stone or clay, uh, um, you can take, like, small amounts of it and swallow it, and it will help, like, if you've ever had worms or any little things like that, it will help get that out of your system, and you can deworm your dogs or cats like that as well, too. Um, I used it when we had those sparrows. Um, we had barn swallows, or barn swallows up near the door, and the member had, the, they had those bird mites. Um, used that and sprinkled it around the nest, and um, they were coming into the house, and the diatomaceous earth helped them get rid of them. So I I don't know what he was, what y'all were talking about when he wrote that, but that is something that he put up there, and it's actually really, really useful. Um, and it's, you know, it's not hazardous. It's not, it's not any type of... Um, it's not what, what's the word I'm looking for. It's toxic, organic, so it's like it, yeah, it's non-toxic, correct? We used it on so. land down in the country. We bought it in them big bags because uh, that land that we had. I'm telling you, I ain't never seen insect life as vibrant and as heavy. I mean, every you ever walk and every foot you step, like the ground is moving away from you. I mean, every kind of damn creature you can think of uh, was mm. down there. So we just hit the whole area with. I mean, like the area where we was intending to put a structure, we just hidden it with uh with DE. We had to look like mm-hmm. somebody had blew up a, a a plane full of cocaine down there. Um, <laughs> it was all over the place. <laughs> but um, and I don't know if it worked against them some guns. It, I saw reduction, but those insects down there, it take gunfire to kill them because uh, they ain't no joke. I saw mm-hmm. some uh, Discovery Channel insects down there. <laughs> Oh, damn. <laughs> I ain't lying. I saw some insects I ain't never seen in the city. I saw them caterpillars with all the spikes. And we saw, uh, Randy could say we saw a giant white spider uh, eat a wasp, and I saw a wasp come and catch one of them big-ass spiders. It was crazy. It was like, 
Wild Kingdom down there, man. It was everything. It was the ants, uh, spiders, lizards. I mean, it was, you can lay on the ground down there if you want to. You lay down, you're going to learn something. Oh, hell no. Where is this? What was this again? It was down there, um, Macon. We got we had six acres down there. It was uh, we were clearing the land. That's where them hornets got me. Um, oh, yeah. I'm sure it was snakes around there, but I never saw one. But the dude, some of the white dude, were telling me they had talking. They had some giant rattlesnakes around there. They were telling oh, me. Oh, the uh, timber, the timber, uh, timber rattlesnakes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell no. Nah. I hadn't seen one, but they were telling me they was all around there, and they was the. Uh, it was even when I was down there clearing the land. They were saying it was a bell had been seen down there. The police sheriff and. Yeah, it made it new. They had seen a black bear down there, which was uh, very unusual for the area. But we were going in the area where one hard nobody at. You know what I mean? One too many people um, right there where we were clearing off at. Um, it was real natural. It was a nice environment. Somebody stole my cash down there, though. I think the black dude staying next door stole our cash. He saw us digging. And uh, we went back. To, we buried it by a tree and went back to get it. And cut, we dug. We down there dug the tree up out the ground. And I never could find the cash. Oh, I mean, it was gone. So I don't, we don't know what happened with it. Mm-hmm. So that tell me, too, it's somebody, always somebody watching. It was a black dude who was a trucker. Uh, had him and his wife was kind of had put a camper on the land not next to us. He was just an asshole. You'd be surprised. We down here in the middle of nowhere. You black, I'm black. He never came to speak. You know what I mean? Just uh, a yeah, yeah. nasty dude. You know what I mean? I ain't care for him, so. Kind of made it obvious, made it known to him. It's funny how black people we could be down. There. It was a couple of black. It was black people to my left. There was another black couple that came down. And they stayed up here and there. They were real nice. We went shooting with them one day. We put the video. We were shooting. Uh, all of us got together and started shooting. But them and there's another black lady who none of used to know. Uh, she went down there first. It's just funny how we can't stick together and know we ended up being enemies with her and enemies with them. It was crazy. And they were just That's being, they just nitpicking about nothing, man, about like, you know, he had said one day we cut some trees down and he said uh, we had threw timber on his property because he had bought the other property on the side of us before the people did. And we're like, timber, we ain't cut no fucking trees on his property, you know, and threw no trees on his property. It was some brush that had, I mean, just a little bit of brush that had went over his property line. And we create, we put it there to kind of serve as a block. So it was a path that led from his property to ours. So we blocked mm-hmm. it off and it was just a few I mean, like, limbs, I guess, hanging over, man. It took us all of 15, 20 minutes to, to move it. But, he, you know, he wanted to go to war about it. But that, that shows you, too, sometimes, hey, people just people on the street. You never know who. Um, in general, we can't get along in a lot of cases. So our times are always going to be trying. But it's all, I'm always thankful when I meet people like y'all, TME, um, Shanita, people like you, Leon, Roz Dodds, and Rand and everything. I mean, because it, it, it just, it, it, it really makes you feel better and it gives you a little bit of hope considering um, we kind of in our own little hell, y'all. So we have to kind of, um, every time we talk to each other, we it's, it's uplifting. And uh, mm-hmm. even listening to the story you told tonight, Leon, I mean, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's, it, it might, it didn't seem negative or no way bad to me. It just, it was inspiring. Like this man, you're a winner. Because mm-hmm. you went through it and you you still in the game you you on the you on the internet now you got your phone and you know you got your place you're working doing what you got to do you're a survivor so you know that shit's second rate to you you know what I mean and, and he, I mean you ain't been in no conflict where y'all shooting at each other but you still had to face those dangers of being out there with you. I mean it's, everybody got these stories man everybody got yeah. these stories maybe yeah. that's why we all yeah. we all drawn together it, it might not be like me and Timmy sometimes we might have knew each other in past lives. 
and we might know each other in future lives. You know what I mean? Who knows? <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, yeah. I don't want to over-talk it, y'all. Uh, we got anybody else want to say anything? Or we say good night? All right, y'all. Good talking to y'all, man. Y'all stay up. Take care of yourself. Take care of your families if you got them. And uh, until yeah. the next time, y'all, be safe. All right. Well, so have a great weekend. Have a great week. Talk to you next week. See you tonight. All right.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.